1: Hey guys, brand new podcast, uh, and if those of you wondering where Open Tabs went, don't worry, it'll be back this week. Uh, it'll be up tomorrow. We I was on vacation with my wife and my girls for two and a half weeks, and uh, I couldn't do it on the road, so it's going to be a good one. We're going to cover uh, Roverfest. How was Roverfest, Halston? I had the absolute time of my we're gonna life. We're going to cover Roverfest? Yes. Uh, I'm going to have my wife come in. Uh, we're going to cover... I don't have video for this, but I I, I'm going to cover it from my stories. Uh, We went to Universal, we went to Disney with my dad and my mom and my daughters, and we rode the Avatar ride. Wait for it tomorrow when we do open tabs because it is the funniest fucking story. I've got video from Roverfest. We'll show that. We'll talk about that. I started thinking maybe I should. Maybe I should change open tabs into me going around and videotaping myself doing stuff and then showing it to you and commenting on it. I don't like. I don't know if that's going to be a better idea. But anyway, we got suffice to say that I've been googling stuff for two and a half weeks, so it'll be a good open tabs. Today's podcast is with Zach Bitter. Zach Bitter is my marathon training coach. He was also my wellness coach. He wanted me to do this uh, diet, but then I got a nutritionist. I have a nutritionist. I have a triathlon coach. Triathlon training is legit right now. I've been I've been running just about every day I've swam every other day and right now we're focusing on food and booze that's what I'm focusing on right now good focus uh, no booze week of the triathlon maybe
2: um, no booze this week
1: maybe no booze this week starting now we'll, we'll see I'm at the store tonight with two shows
2: maybe starting now
1: maybe maybe tonight and then uh, and then we're at Tom and Sandy's tomorrow so I'll probably have a drink there
2: well, I don't know they have stuff going on now what? we'll see
1: what? Oh, they're not. They don't want. To... I
2: don't know. There's stuff going on later in the day for them. Now I've got some text messages. You okay, know, we
1: didn't know. need to include that on the podcast.
2: Well, why would you bring it up?
1: Anyway, um, but Zach Bitter, you'll hear he Ari and I have talked about going internationally on a marathon. I'll cover this at the very end of the read. Maybe I'll do that. But Zach Bitter, if you if you're unfamiliar with him, he uh, was on Rogan's podcast. He's an ultra marathoner. He ran a hundred miles on a track, and I th- I want to say like seven minutes a mile. That's ridiculous. And he is ridiculous. He is. Insane is his wife is on. I think it's his wife. I think it's his wife. I'm not sure. I think was, yeah. I think they're married. They lived in Wisconsin before. Now they live in Arizona. I should probably. Be, I'm sure he tells people where he lives. Anyway, um, it's a great podcast. Uh, and so you'll hear about. We talk about. I'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, we've got some sponsors this week. Some great sponsors. It's so funny. My dad said to me this weekend. We were sitting in the in his laundry room, and he said, "Uh, you know, buddy, you should go on." Uh. You should go to Four Hims. I swear to God. I, sw- I swear to God. He goes, You should go to Four Hims. I said, Really? He goes, You know, I'm on this uh, prostate medicine and it grew all my hair back. And then, by the way, my dad doesn't have a full head of hair, but he, I looked at it for the first time and I was like, Wait, well, you have a head of hair? Like, you have hair.
2: Yeah, he does have hair.
1: And I was like, And he's like, Yeah, that stuff works. He's like, It's for my prostate, but it's the same stuff that they do for the hair loss stuff. You should try it. And I was like, Wait, hold on. How do you know about Four Hims? And he was like, Oh, you know, com. You should check it out. And I was like, they're a sponsor of my podcast. He's like, get out of here. They are a sponsor of my podcast. And luckily, I started preventative measures when I was 21 to, to, to stop my hair loss. And I, I still have hair. When you see my hour special on Netflix, August 24th, called Secret Time, you'll notice that I have not a full head of hair. It's thin, but it's there. You can mask it.
2: I like your hair. I like I like my I hair, too. I think it's cute.
1: But it's... but. Um, but I did that because I started losing my hair. And if you can get in front of that bus right now, young men listening, you can stop your hair loss, halt it in his tracks, and you can have hair until you're 45. Most men lose their hair by the age of 35. And just when you start noticing the hair loss, that doesn't mean anything. That's when you stop it. So if you're noticing it, stop it right now, Mark Normand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mark Norman
1: Mark Norman was pissed And moaning about Losing his hair Really I was like You have a great head of he hair He
2: has so much hair Yeah
1: You uh. know what they say One man's trash Is another man's treasure
2: uh, I guess so
1: um, for Hims is one stop shopping For hair loss skincare, And sexual wellness All for men Alright This is Real doctors they connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair—not snake oil pills, not gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. You don't have to go to a doctor. I had to go to a doctor when I first got on Rogaine. Did you you know did? Yeah, I got to go on a do- I had to go to a doctor and uh,
2: get a prescription. Get a prescription. Wowza!
1: Yeah, that was, it was fucking awkward. And then the lady was like, "You don't need it. I'm not going to prescribe it to you." And so I had to go to a dude. Really? Yeah. The lady was like, "And I was so
2: unsympathetic." To,
1: unsympathetic. And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely using that shit." Right. He's like, "You know what? In 10 years, there's going to be a pill that fixes all this." And by the way, 10 years later, <laughs> that's there was. The, there is. <laughs> so there's no waiting room, no doctor visits. It's fucking easy. Just answer a few questions. Doctors review it. They prescribe you. Products are stripped directly to your door. Look at my head of hair, then. Google Tom Segura, someone who did not start his preventative medications, and see which one you want to be. Do you want to pray to God that you have your hair when you shoot your first special for Netflix? And then, and then, then hook people in. And then you start losing your hair when you have fans. You're like, maybe I'll just start playing older guys, even though I'm 33.
2: Should we say hashtag Tom is bald?
1: Hashtag Tom is bald. <laughs> By the way, no, 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 because men really are insecure. I don't think Tom really cares. I don't think he gives a fuck about his error. which I wish I didn't. Yeah. But I do. Aww. And you do too. That's why, I, this is what you do. Order now. My listeners get a month, get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. Go to the website to see the full details. This would cost hundreds hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash BurtCast. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash BurtCast. For himscom slash BurtCast. Do it. Do it. There's a lot of things I'll tell you as a man that I think I... I'm glad I did another one life insurance policy. This is a new sponsor. It's called policy genius. Leanne is really behind this. My dad told me I needed life insurance policy, life insurance policy. When we first had kids, he's like, buddy, you can't leave your You can't leave your family in the lurch. And so, I did not want to get a life insurance policy. I didn't want the doc, I knew they were gonna do a test on me, I knew they were gonna say, you're dying from something anyway, we can't insure you, and then I knew (laughs) I'd leave my family with nothing. So the whole, and the whole process of getting a life insurance policy is fucking confusing and overwhelming.
2: It is overwhelming to know which one is the right one for you. I
1: think we had to get like a broker.
2: We did, we got a broker. It was like, fuck this. We got a broker for our health insurance too. It was a mess, it's really hard.
1: Policy genius, takes care of all that. It's the easiest way to compare life insurance policies online. In just five minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. And when you compare the quotes, you save money. It's that fucking simple. Policy Genius has helped over 4 million people shop for insurance, place $20 billion in coverage. And guys, here's the best part. They don't just do life insurance. They do health insurance, disability insurance, renter's insurance. If you care about it, they insure it. Go to this place. I'm telling you right now, life insurance is so important. It really is. And if you've got people you love and people you care about, don't just think it's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. You will die. That is the truth of life.
2: Everybody does.
1: That's what they say. I just got fucking a panic attack. You did? But yeah, that's why I never even got, that's why I never wanted life (laughs) insurance policy. Because I don't think about Like, I don't like thinking about death, but you got to go on, go on life insurance policy, go to policy genius and compare and get yourself life insurance and take care of your family. So you know that that one time when you do pass, you, everyone will be taken care of. If you've been putting off life insurance, there's no reason to put it off any longer. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, apply in minutes. It's that fucking easy. You can do it right now. Do it right now. You should, because the rates are the lowest they've been in 20 years. Policygenius.com. It's the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance. Thank you, Policy Genius. They don't have a BurtCast like little thing in here, but just know BurtCast, if you see like a space, put in BurtCast. Yeah. So,
2: there's a microphone or something.
1: uh, I got to tell you right now, in all honesty, Probably my brand new favorite sponsor ever is Bird Dogs. We were on vacation in Alabama and Florida, and I wore wore these fucking pants every day. Birddogs.com. These pants I ran to jog. I'm not even fucking joking. I never took them off. I ran them to jog. I, I wore them to swim in the ocean, to swim in the lake, to uh, jet ski, to uh, to ski, to swim, to run. I wore them at dinner. I, w- I wore these pants so much. I was aff- I was like, this is when you find out like how good the, the, the product is. Right. So I'm going to wear these fucking things out.
2: He wore them out. It was crazy.
1: Here's why I love them. Because I like throwing on a pair of pants that you can just put on for the day and you don't have to think you're done. All you got to do is change out your shirts every now and then. And these pants are fucking awesome. They're breathable. They have a soft, silky, soft liner that goes on the inside and I like that because when you go swimming I don't wear underwear ever I don't like wearing underwear but if they're built into the pants I don't mind it right um, these and it, and if, if you're not well, wearing that's underwear that's not true
2: because you don't like the ones that have the mesh panties in them
1: what are you talking about? The,
2: for a bathing suit. Oh, I don't
1: like. No, I don't. No, yeah, you I don't, don't. like those. I don't types. like those because no. I got too big a junk. Oh, And so is it that fills it, it out. <laughs> yeah, it fills it out. And it makes my <laughs> inseam tight.
2: I'm so sure. You've seen it. You've seen it. You <laughs> saw it this why morning. I say it's, I'm so sure.
1: It's my hoopa, my chupa, fupa. Anyway, <laughs> um,. These pants are fucking awesome. Stanhope tweeted out, as I was like going through lines, Stanhope's like, um, my new favorite pants are bird dogs. And then I was like, I want to see Doug's pasty white fucking legs and bird dogs. He should be the poster boy of these pants.
2: He should be, because he would look probably really great in them.
1: These pants really are fucking gym shorts with a fucking built-in soft liner. They dry faster than regular bathing suits, in my opinion. And when I don't wear underwear with a bathing suit, I chafe my dick. So, because it, so big and so yeah
2: yeah once again so big
1: these things are awesome buy them you're gonna fucking love them what's cool
2: about them too is they come in like three different lengths so you can get like short medium and long i want
1: to get the really short shorts i call them the dan bilzerians Ah. i want to get the short short ones because i was i was like hey where
2: are those we ordered last week i gotta look into that remember we ordered some from tom for tom
1: oh yeah oh shit oh well anywhere anyway uh, I'm not going to read much of the copy because you don't need to hear it. Trust me when I say these are the perfect summer pants. You can get wet in them. They dry quickly. You can wear them out. They don't look like bathing suits. You can wear them out. We, I wore them out to dinner one night.
2: Yeah, totally. They look like you could wear them to the country club. You could wear them to dinner. You and could they have wear them so many off. different
1: fashions. I got the Russian meddlers. No, no. I got, I think I got the Russian meddlers. Are they? That's what they're called.
2: Red, white and blue ones?
1: No, no, those are the American flag ones. The I got blue. two. I have two pairs. I'm buying more. They're that fucking great. And I'm buying all the different sizes or the different like, um, give you a heads up. I bought the double XLs. I'm a size 38 in the waist. They're perfectly comfortable. Okay. So if you're a size 38, buy the double XLs. I, would, I always buy XL, but I looked, look at their size chart. But these really are fantastic pants. I really want them to make long pants with these on built-in underliners.
2: Yeah. I was wondering if they were going to.
1: Go to birddogs.com, enter the promo code birdcast, and they'll throw in a free dad hat. You need the fucking hat. It's like a $50 hat, and if you're not wearing a hat in the summer, you're just asking for skin cancer. That's birddogs.com. I promise you, birddogs.com, enter the promo code birdcast, and you get a free hat. Birddogs.com, I swear to God, you will not take these fucking pants off. They are that fucking great. Last, but certainly not least, my buddy Ned Kenny at Laughable. Maybe I shouldn't say his full name, but fuck it. Second, your shows are, here are some talking points. Okay. Have you tried the Laughable app yet? If not, what are you waiting for? I love Ned so much. His (laughs) fucking, his copy points. Laughable's an app that we're all fans of. We're all, I think, I mean, all of us are like vested owners in it. Um, We believe in it because we're podcast fans. And if you're a podcast fan, then you know that you find someone good on a podcast, you want to find all the shit they've been on. And to be honest with you, the, the iTunes store is not... The iTunes is not that good for that.
2: It's not very it's user-friendly, really I have to to tell It's really hard to find you. that. I have a really hard time finding stuff on iTunes. I get frustrated.
1: Yeah, and it, it it's the easiest way to track down and keep track of all your favorite comics. So many people, I notice, will be on my podcast and then all of a sudden be comic of the week because people are like, oh shit... That fucking person is amazing. Theo Vaughn's one of those people that like people found him on one thing and they want to find him on everything he's on and is right. the best way to find that. Um, go to the iPhone app, get Laughable. It's the number one podcast la- uh, app in...
2: It is. It's the number one podcast app but yeah. they're working on an ad- Android version. It's they, they, they don't have that yet. It's just really for... For Apple.
1: So uh, whatever app you're using for the podcast, you'll like Laughable better. Just Google Laughable for the iPhone download link and Android waitlist. Fucking Androids. And if you've already been using Laughable, please do this Do this favor for Ned, okay? Give them a five-star review in the App Store. I want to fucking find something fucking hilarious Eat. to do to Ned. To give everyone give them a five-star review and then just write, God, good old Ned.
2: Good old Ned. <laughs> Good
1: old Ned. Give them a give them a review in the app store and say something funny about Ned. I'm going to go in and look at the reviews on the app store and uh, on open tabs. We'll read some of the funny reviews. Okay. But that's it for reads, everyone. Sorry that took so long. Um, not that bad. Maybe 10, 20 minutes. That's f- not
2: so bad.
1: Uh, today's podcast guest is Zach Bitter. I've talked about this a little bit at the at the beginning, but I know that uh, you guys listen to this part more. Um. Zach is an ultra marathon runner. He is one of the best in the world. He, like I said, ran 100 miles in 7 minutes a mile, which is fucking amazing. And I wanted him to have him on the podcast because he said he could get my marathon time down to like 4 hours, 20 minutes. And I was like, holy shit. I would love that. By the way, a marathon would be so much more enjoyable if I didn't have to run an extra hour. So... So I wanted to have him on the podcast. I was out in Phoenix. He lives out there with his beautiful wife. I think it's his wife or his girlfriend. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. But uh, she's on the podcast a little bit. She is also a fucking insanely amazing runner. But uh, we talk about jumpstarting my life. And at the time we talked about this, Ari and I had said, Ari said he wanted to run a marathon with me. He was impressed by the fact that I ran a marathon and he wanted to run a marathon. And he said, let's find a beautiful downhill marathon. Yeah, because yeah, they have downhill marathons where people run those to qualify for the New York Marathon. Oh yeah, because you get a faster time. It's right. a lot easier. Well, I
2: would imagine.
1: Yeah, and so uh, he goes. Or he's like, "Let's find a beautiful downhill marathon in like a gorgeous setting, and we'll run it." And Zach and his and his wife. I, I I'm sorry. I, I recorded this a little bit ago, so I don't. Not everyone's names on the tip of my tongue, but Zach and his beautiful wife said uh, they'd run it with us. So that's awesome. Yeah, and so. Uh, I'm working on the triathlon right now but as soon as the triathlon's over I'm going to look for a cool exotic location and head out there with Ari and Zach and uh, and we're going to do we're going to try to get a, a fucking tight ass marathon nice so without further ado guys you've heard him on Joe Rogan he is the fucking tits when it comes to running ultra marathon runner or is it ultra runner ultra marathon runner ultra runner
2: ultra marathoner ultra marathon ultra ultra mega how, how about this huh
1: my friend, yeah. Zach Bitter.
2: Nice. This
0: is broadcast.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't consider the jog I went on today a jog in your book. <laughs> like, I think it was, you'd be like, really? That was a jog? Um it was right up that mountain with the A on it. Oh yeah, the the A. What do they call it? Called? A mountain? Is it even? I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like. I was, I've been drinking a lot this week. <laughs> so uh, do you drink?
3: Uh, yeah, not not a lot, but... Like, um, dis- define drinking. Well, so <laughs> so when you say that I wouldn't consider your run a jog, you probably wouldn't consider my drinking a drink. <laughs> 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 so, but I'm not opposed to, like, some whiskey or a glass of red wine at night or something from time to time. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> do you have a hard... Do you, do you feel... Can you feel it the next day
3: when you run the booze? Um. Not... Too much, but I usually stop after one or two. So oh, okay, like yeah. if I I would if I would go go deep like six maybe or do you something have do like you that. have those nights though? Rarely anymore, but I've certainly had them in the past.
1: How old are you? A <laughs> thirty-two. God, you're fucking young as shit. <laughs> thirty-two. When did you start? When did you start running? Taking like taking running seriously? Uh,
3: probably seriously when I got into college. uh Were you at school ASU? Uh, no, I actually am from Wisconsin originally. So, oh, really? Yeah, I went to a Division three school, uh, University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually moved out west fairly recently. In 2015, I moved to California, kind of on the Sacramento area. And then just this January, Nicole and I moved uh, to Phoenix. So we're actually just maybe about 10 minutes north of the airport, up by the Phoenix Mountain Preserves now. So got some good running back there. <laughs> really? What, what brought you down here? Is it the running? Uh, Yeah. And work a little bit too. Nicole's an attorney and her, uh, her job kind of had her coming this way. And then, um, my stuff is running coaching. And then I, I actually work for one of my sponsors, ultra footwear, and I do some of their events and things around the, the Arizona area. So really?
1: Yeah. So what's it like being like, are you a
3: professional runner? Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like, I I think in ultra running, it's a small enough sport where to be like truly professional, where your only objective is to train and race, is is fairly rare. So I definitely do other things too. Um, but I have a lot of flexibility to make sure I get in the the training I need to get in to be ready for races and stuff. So. Um, yeah, at least is, there prize, is there prize money in ultra running? Uh, some races. A lot of times, what ends up ends up happening is if you do well at certain events or like do well, yeah, do well at certain events more or less. You'll you'll attract sponsors and stuff like that, and then that's what usually pays. Um, there's not a lot of actual like big prize money races in ultra marathon running, although there is some, um, but very small compared to what you'd see in like other
1: sports. So then, what's your sort of curiosity, what like? if you were to run just a marathon mm-hmm. how, how competitive could you be in just a marathon
3: oh like when you're looking at like top tier elites i'd be getting spanked really <laughs> yeah i
1: met i met i met um a met of in australia way before marathons were even something mm-hmm. like i had talked about them uh, my dad was really into marathons mm-hmm. like my so my dad ran um, at villanova in the 60s for a guy named jumbo Elliott, who was like a big running coach back then okay and uh, was, I wouldn't say, and I'm sure this is probably back before, back during civil rights, but it was competitive enough where there was an uh, even a possibility he might go to the Olympics. Oh, really? Like, wow. yeah, yeah. I don't know what he did. I think he did a uh, half half mile. Okay. But so I was always into running, and oddly enough, despite me being fat as fuck right now, <laughs> I was always into running. I ran track in high school. I ran mm-hmm. the two twenty and the four forty. Okay. And my dad was. Real coachy about it. Like uh-huh. I knew about fart before, like when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> and so,
3: um, that's like Nicole. She was heavy into it an in early age. Really? Yeah, yeah. She was. What, what was your mile time in like seventh grade, eighth grade?
0: Five forty. Say that. Five forty.
1: Holy yeah, so shit!
3: As an eighth grader, she was running a five forty. So, like, yeah. So she uh, she got a little more serious than I was early on. But yeah. So you were really into it back well, then I was
1: into it and then it was always something like I did it in college uh but not like I, I I I not to like the extent you know it was like back then in college I felt like running two miles was a really long run uh-huh. you know like it, it sounds crazy um and then when I got out to LA I started hiking a lot I really enjoyed hiking I really enjoyed it But I I hadn't. I'd always thought, oh, I want to try a marathon. And I I was in uh, in Sydney doing the Sydney Opera House Uh for uh, comedy, and uh, they had the Sydney Marathon that week. And I went down, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is like." (laughs) I remember that shit when I was a kid, like the after party. Yeah, and I gotta be honest with you, marathon after parties suck dick. (laughs) Half marathons, where it's at. That's where it's at. Oh my (laughs) god! For like, I'm talking for the Eggers. like me. Sure. Like, first of all. I'll work it backwards, okay? Uh-huh. The best after party is those uh, is is a 5k, fucking 5k. <laughs> Everyone can do a fucking 5k, and and then and have and energy to have fun afterwards. Oh <laughs> yeah, you want it, and then you want to take it to the next level. Do one of those uh, obstacle races, like the Spartan oh, race. Oh yeah, uh-huh. those are like 5k. The Sprint <laughs> Spartans, 5k, 20 obstacles, and everyone's getting hammered afterwards. I did one at Dodger Stadium. Uh huh. <laughs> And we were eating Dodger dogs after. It was like, no. It was hilarious. But um, when I did the marathon, I was like, I got done. I was like, fuck this. I was like, I want to go home. We take a nap. Yeah. So I felt like, I was like, this is how you, the soldiers feel when they come back from war. And they're like, yeah, I'd love to sit around and talk to everyone. I want to be with my wife. I want to go home with her. I don't want to have sex. I don't want to go to bed. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to go on a meal. I want a beer. Like that's We'll party in a week. Yeah. Oh my God. I was fucking destroyed from that marathon um but uh but i met this guy in sydney who was like oh yeah i, I, tr- I do ha- I, i'm competitive half marathoner and i was mm-hmm. like in my head i was like who the fuck does that like why half marathons and that right around then is when you know i heard about ultra marathons well, probably a little bit before then but i was like my my sound guy um i wish i remembered his name was into ultra marathons okay and i was like what is the draw Like, after having done marathon, I'm, like, fascinated by... Why go further? Like, (laughs) yeah, like, what... Like, don't you feel like a sense of claustrophobia? Like, when you go, all right, I'm running, like, 50 miles today.
3: Or 100 miles. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about it, I think, is, like... And what ends up usually happening is people kind of get into the sport, and they're, like, they get into this... Idea of I'm going to do something I've never done before and that's kind of this both look at you said kind of claustrophobic both scary and exciting at the same time and then when they do it they get like this almost I mean it's a fairly similar thing for a lot of people post-marathon where you know sometimes even if you have a bad race you're like you feel trashed a little bit but then like you kind of get ingratiated into the community and uh, you start loving it and then it's like you even have a bad race You say, I'm never doing another one again. And then the next day you're online looking for another race,
1: dude That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, I got done that marathon. I said I'm fucking done i will never a couple of days later. Like hmm. What do we do next? Someone said to me <laughs> someone said to me at the finish line like because I, I was very vocal that I was running this marathon with no training Yeah, and so fans were everywhere throughout the race mm-hmm. i like had everyone had like So one guy gave me a gator like an ice cold gatorade i was like yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> i remember one guy gave me a bottle of water it was so cold i was like dude there's fucking vodka in this i know it like <laughs> there was a guy playing guitar with my shirt on like waiting for me it was bizarre how communal it was and when i got done someone who worked for the marathon who knew me was waiting for me and he had my medal to put on me and he was like congratulations on your first marathon machine I was like you said it wrong you mean my last marathon (laughs) never doing this shit again and then I started going like fuck like the mickey mantle jeans kicked in yeah (laughs) dude that mickey mantle jean was fucking flexing until mile 20 at mile 20 at mile 20 I both my calves seized up Uh like they seized up and I went whoa I was like oh they're oh, I actually may not be able to finish this. Like my legs aren't working right now. Yeah. And then both my quads shot up into my jock and I was like, oh my God. And then the woman in front of me shit her pants. And I was, oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, it just got real. And we were <laughs> jogging down Sepulveda. I don't even like walk, I don't like driving down Sepulveda and we're jogging down it. And I'm like, fuck this road, fuck this street. I was like, I was like oh my God. And then I was like, that's when I realized, I was like, oh, your body can give out. Mm -hmm. like has that ever happened to you like where you're like 30 miles in and you're like oh I'm my body's not working right anymore yeah yeah
3: it's it gets a little a lot of times that that can kind of happen well you you went untrained so the likelihood of that happening is a lot higher in that scenario because you're going to reach into some like pretty unfamiliar territory yeah um it's been a while since I've had it where it's just like complete body shutdown but there's certainly like races or workouts I do where I'm just like suffering at the end coming in slow but it becomes relative at that point too where like um you know like i think uh like the shutdown's a little different because you've kind of like experienced it before and you kind of know the signs so sometimes you back off a little bit before that yeah um whereas when you've never had that before you're probably just kind of tooling around and then all of a sudden like whoa something's not working anymore and then it (sighs) just comes up really quick but um i know like uh you know some people pass out and things like that uh i have in in not in a race but in like I did a charity run way back when I first kind of started ultra running and and passed out and uh Nicole's passed out in a race before <laughs> Really so yeah so what was what year was it Did you Western States that you passed out
0: Um I think it was 2016
3: Okay so she's also finished sixth place So Western States 100 is like the most competitive hundred miler in North America and really? some years the most competitive in the world. So she's been sixth there a couple of times.
1: Really? Um, I'm to make sure she's in the shot. Oh yeah. Oh no no <laughs> so, I just want to make sure all three of us are in here. <laughs> let's see. Oh fuck. There we go. Uh, yeah because everyone will be like yo I heard a voice where the fuck was she? <laughs> so So where, where's this
3: person coming from? So then okay
1: so let's start me at the beginning. How uh-huh. do how do you what what gets you into ultra like what you run, for, obviously, like, mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Just tell me at the very beginning. You run a sure. marathon, and mm-hmm. then you're like, fuck it? Yeah, well, so, you know, I was very much into running in college. Like,
3: when you're running on a collegiate program, like, you very much learn kind of, like, the science and the methodology behind training and racing. Um, and for me, it was, uh, I got really fascinated by the long run. So, like, on Sundays in college, we would do a long run, and usually- is it, What is it? what My dad always used to say- L- L- LDS, L- LSD. Yep, 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 uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, LSD, long, slow distance. Yeah, LSD, <laughs> LSD, and I yep. was like, what? Uh-huh, yeah, so we would do, um, usually it depended a little bit on what distance you're training for, but uh, by the time we were like juniors and seniors, if we were on like the distance crew, which is kind of like 5K, 10K type stuff, um, we'd be doing usually 15, 18 mile long runs. And uh, I just loved that one. That was my favorite workout of the week. Um, really? So, yeah, so after college, I was sick of doing speed work. Like I was like, I don't wanna see another 400 meter on the track. I don't wanna see another mile repeat or any of that stuff. But I really like to run, so I'm like, I'm just gonna do all long runs. So I kinda just started building up my volume and just kinda doing doing long runs. Um, and I jumped in a couple marathons. Uh, I look back at it now and I realize like, how many mistakes I made in the training process for that. Uh, yeah. But um, after I did a few marathons, uh, I was just looking around for races on online one day and I saw this 50 miler in Wisconsin and, uh, is that
1: the first you ever heard of these ultras? Uh,
3: you know, I had read a book, um, it was called ultra marathon man that, uh, kind of like. Tuned me into what like the like, oh, there's this world of people who run these like freakishly long distances And yeah. and I'd read that and I was like, ah oh, man I'm, I'm at the time when I read that book. I think I was in my early 20s. Yeah uh, So I my thought my first thought was like I want to do one of those someday, but I'll probably wait till I'm like 30 uh, <laughs> Until I've had a chance to like try out some other stuff And then I, I ended up doing my first one at age 24 and that kind of piqued my interest enough where I was like, all right, I want to do some more of these since so then the next year I did that same event again and then I actually ended up doing 350 milers in a nine-week time frame then I was hooked so then it was like 2012 I've been just basically focusing on ultra marathon since then really but it's like I was kind of saying before like like people don't always think they're gonna like it or they wonder like what is that gonna be like but then when you do one it just kind of draws you in and continues to draw you in I mean I remember my uh when I first decided to run and Uh, cross country and track in college I sat down and met with a coach and he told me kind of like the breakdown of what freshmen through seniors do and and he said like yeah the incoming freshmen are usually training like 50 miles a week and then you know sophomores are getting up to 60 maybe 70 juniors and seniors they'll be in the 70 80 mile range and in the summer their peak mileage might even hit 90 to 100 and I remember thinking when he told me that I will never run a 90 mile week in my life and you know now now I run
1: that in a day Jesus (laughs) (laughs) wait what do I run so I do I do six miles, but it's not it's not real six miles. It's a two mile jog, mm-hmm. uh, hike up a mountain, a mile up and a mile down, uh-huh. and then a two mile jog home. So that's I, actually probably more than six miles. You know what the metric
3: they usually say with that is is if you look at if you're running flat, you just look at okay I ran this many miles. Yeah. But if you're doing hilly stuff, a lot of times what they say is it's your mileage. And then it, the, the way to convert it is like, and it's a little rudimentary, but for every thousand feet of climbing you do within that run is like an extra mile. So if you do a six mile run with a thousand feet of climbing, it's, it's probably
1: more like a seven mile run. Really? I do that. I do that every day I'm home. And then I started, I fucking Rogan got me hooked up with this, uh, Thing called an af- assault fitness okay. air runner. Have you heard of these? Uh, is there the, are those like aerodyne bike? Is that what it is? It's it's it's, it's a it is a treadmill oh. that has no that has no uh, uh, power. Okay. So you, it is just a legit. Yeah. You power the thing, mm-hmm. and those suck Satan's dick. <laughs> those are the worst. I curse by the way. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm, <laughs> as, as I'm as you know, yeah, I'm just, like saying horrible shit, but um, they are three miles on that. It, I, I ran four miles the other day on it and it took me an hour an hour to get four miles and I was like and by the way I normally would do four miles in on my old treadmill mm-hmm. I would easily do it in in like 45 minutes very easily like 11 minute miles uh-huh. like just jog you know but this is more like a hamster wheel it's, it right? is I mean, a hamster you wheel so you're pushing it, it yeah and it's just it I'm certain it's building more muscle in my legs I noticed that Running is jogging is getting a little easier for me, Mm -hmm. but it is it is a beast. Even walking at a four, which is what I used to do, is I used to put a box of wine on my treadmill, Uh turn it onto a four, and just walk and watch uh, guys uh, diners driving the dives, Uh and I just watched. I'd walk for like seven miles, yeah. Like just being a four is in three minutes. I'm pouring sweat. Uh I'm not in the best physical shape, (laughs) but um, but yeah. So I figure I probably run six, seven, maybe, maybe like. 20 miles a week? Okay. 25 miles a week? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. And what do you run? What do you run like when you're like these days? Like, what are you running in a week?
3: Yeah. So, when it like I kind of train in like cycles. So, there's like buildups to races and then kind of recovery. So, like in peak weeks and stuff like that, I'll be hitting like 120 plus miles. Uh, (laughs) If you look at it like on average across the course of the year, it averages out to be about 100 miles a week when you add in like recovery day, recovery like deload weeks, recovery days, and things like that. Um, but usually most years, if I'm injury free, I'm hitting between about 5,000 and 5500 miles, which comes out to just a little over about 100 miles a week
1: on average. That's the funnest part of running. Did you ever do you ever keep a running diary? Uh, yes um, now all that stuff is like so digital. It's so digital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have the book you remember, remember the book that it was like all it was like a man's foot It was in red I think uh-huh. and you just fill in your I'd write in what I ate during the day during yeah. the week and I'd run my <laughs> mileage and It was so much fun to get done a run go up to your room open your diary yeah, write your uh-huh. mileage in now You're writing
3: you miss like, that sometimes though actually like taking a physical pen and pencil and just like this is what I did kind Yeah, of, it's almost like a motivating thing like a little reward at the end but now it's like you just plug your watch into the computer and poof,
1: like shows up. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, I can pull up all my mileage. I've, today I don't. I I was so rough on that hill. Uh huh. Like I was like it was. It's straight up. That's a not, that's a legit climb. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I got up to the top, and then I took I took Instagram and I made it look like I climbed a mountain. Yeah. So I just showed the rock and then me getting up to the top. I totally cheated it. But <laughs> um. But so then so. W- the thing the thing that fascinated me the most about the marathon was training for it would make it very doable mm-hmm. um but the recovery was i kind of fucked my body up a little bit uh-huh like and i and the recovery took forever for me Yeah. after the marathon yeah and it and i ended up gaining weight from it because i couldn't walk for four days right and i was eating like a savage because i just ran a fucking marathon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was actually one of, i was like I was 225 when I ran the marathon, mm-hmm. and I'm 235 right now. I gained 10 pounds after the marathon. Uh-huh. And so like, what do you do recovery-wise? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people would consider my approach a little
3: different. Um, but what I do is... Uh, so a lot of times when people finish a big rafter like that, they think like I'm gonna eat whatever I want. I'm gonna eat a ton of carbs. I'm gonna replace all that glycogen.
2: Um, it is very so easy much. to do that. Hate <laughs> so
3: much. So what I've been doing, and I haven't done this always, but what I've been doing more recently is after a race, I cut the carbs out almost all together, and eat like I focus mostly on like fatty cuts of meat. Um, and like what that helps me do is limit the amount of like swelling and kind of like inflammation and oxidative stress that I caused in my legs. And I feel like I bounce back a lot quicker when I kind of do that. Really? And the the interesting thing to me about that approach is, like, people are kind of – they think you have to eat a bunch of carbs afterwards because you just, like – Spent all that energy, but really, like you're gonna spend a few days kind of like being a little more lazy after a race like that. Like I mean, like you said, you couldn't walk for four days, and you're not alone on that. I've I've done races where I could barely walk for a few days afterwards. Really, yeah. So like at that point, like the amount of energy I'm expending is very low, and the energy I am expending is slow-burning stuff. So like I don't feel a need to kind of retap a like a really fast-acting fuel source. The way I kind of view carbohydrates is as kind of like more or less like caffeine or rocket fuel where a little bit can make you give you like a nice little pop, but too much can kind of burn you out a little bit. So when I do use carbohydrates and stuff like that, I use it a lot more sparingly around like big training weeks
1: and like really efforts and stuff like That's that. That's a really interesting way to use it because I look at caffeine that way. I actually do not enjoy caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had a cup of coffee for the walk for the run today. But I, I don't I I'm not I am not i do not enjoy it I'm doing it just to get a little bit of energy to get me through my run uh-huh. and then I I actually don't drink the whole thing and I throw it out uh-huh. like halfway through but that's an interesting way to look at carbs because. I, I'm starting to feel like I'm a. I eat so little amount of carbs, and I'm starting to feel like I'm allergic to carbs. Like uh-huh. if I have rice, that there's a sushi pokey place over there. Oh, Nicole loves pokey. Oh, they've got pokey
3: burritos. She's leave
1: us and go get some. <laughs>
0: Fuzzies. Um. Oh, so I am the biggest Fuzzies fan, and I didn't know they had any here. Oh, it's right across so, the street. I know. I saw them on the way here, so I'm gonna make Zach.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might have to go to Fuzzies after your show tonight. <laughs> so, so you, you you view carbs, and when you say carbs for energy, like what kind of carbs? Are you talking about
3: Uh, I focus a lot On kind of more Slow release carbohydrates So like sweet potatoes (laughs) Berries, melons um, Raw honey Stuff like that
1: I don't even count those as carbs (laughs) I thought you were going to say Snickers bar (laughs) (laughs) Fettuccine alfredo (laughs) Like do you stay away from Like pastas
3: Yeah I don't I don't really mess around Too much with grains um, Or sugars I will do Like the most refined sugar I'll get Will be like If I'm in a race I'll be using something a little more refined as as a little bit of a fueling strategy during the race itself.
1: Like those gel things? Yeah, stuff like that. Like those I, gel things fucking rock.
3: Yeah, so hey, I, have a, I, I work with a company called X Endurance who makes a whole bunch of products like that. Um, so that's what I use. And I told them I was coming on your show and they said, let Bert know he can have anything he wants from that website. So,
1: so okay. I'm, I'm going on that. One. It's one of my favorite things in the world? Yeah. That, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. The, uh, those gels were fucking like lifesavers cause you just pop one and it had caffeine in it and you just yeah. be like, all right, I'm back. It's, it's like rocket fuel. And
3: I think the, the problem is, I mean, sometimes people will look at my approach and they'll say, okay, he's ketogenic or high fat, low carb. And they think that I hate carbs or demonize carbs. And I don't. I love carbs for the right purpose. It's just I don't feel like I need nearly as many as what the the traditional endurance protocol has spoken for. So, like for my, if you looked at my year average, as I like kind of would break down what I'm eating, it probably comes out to around ten percent of my diet is carbohydrate. And there'll be points where it's like basically zero, and there's going to be points where it gets up closer to twenty percent, maybe even thirty if it's a really big effort day. Yeah. Um, But then, like I said, after a big effort or a big race or something, then I'm dropping it really low so I can recover quicker um, and kind of reset stuff. Because one thing like uh, that you can do if you kind of like you can get be a better fat burner by working out. You can move the needle on your fat burning capabilities by just doing like like runs and stuff like that. But you can really burn move the needle on how well you burn fat by just eating more fat
1: and less carbs. So, um, so tell, okay, so let, let's fix me. So all right. how do I, <laughs> how, how do I, in order to get to like a four hour marathon, mm-hmm. I, four and a half hour marathon, I definitely need to lose weight. Right. Sure. And so I feel like running isn't even doing anything for me anymore. Cause I feel like, uh-huh. I feel like I'm like, I, it I'm like. I tried intermittent fasting but intermittent fasting like 16 hours of not eating and then eating for 8 hours that's a lot like an eating disorder <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I go okay I'm yeah. just not eating okay this is this is how this works I just I'm hungry
3: yeah there's simpler ways to do that and like I think um when you put down like intermittent fasting at its best, I think is done intuitively. So it just happens like when you get your body working for you, you might have an intermittent fast, but it should happen on accident. Yeah. It shouldn't be like like uh, like I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's like if you're doing an intermittent fast in the middle of an endurance training program, and you're sitting there looking at the clock, thinking if I can make it two more hours, I hit my intermittent fast. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. So like um like what you'll do is once you get things working really well for you, what'll happen? There might be a day where you get busy or something, and you end up oh wow, it's been like it's been 16 hours since I ate and then like you start getting hungry and then you probably eat a little bigger meal after that because you yeah. had went without for a little while um, what I would do for, with you um, to kind of what we'd want to do is we want to kind of do what I call a hard reset where we try to get you to be just a really prime fat burner. So for like three or four weeks. Hard reset. I like
1: that. Yeah. I like that you're putting buzzwords in my head that I can I can attach dreams to. I'm the I'm the fucking idiot that buys into the like the whatever the thing is that you uh, outliers whatever you say to the thing. I go oh yeah hard reset. I need a hard reset. Okay, how
3: do I hard reset? So a hard reset in the best circumstance would be like three or four weeks where you would. Cut your carbs really low. Just okay. it, it'd kind of be like a similar to your sober October experience where like you're like, all right, I'm gonna commit to this for four weeks and I'm gonna do it right. And then once you get to that, we would reevaluate kind of where you're at and what our next steps would be.
1: Now when you say carbs, mm-hmm. where does Tito's and soda fall into this? Ooh, that's a tricky one. So oh, actually- <laughs> <okay>. <laughs>
3: keep going. So <laughs> so here's the thing: like alcohol is more or less a fourth macronutrient. So it's like you have carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and al- alcohol is technically kind of this other one. It behaves kind of like a carbohydrates on steroids more or less, because oh. what you have there is something that absorbs faster than a sugar, but it comes in with a bigger punch. Car- a sugar has like four uh, four calories to a gram, whereas like an alcohol would have, I think it's like seven calories to a gram, but it also goes faster. So it's almost like a, um, this kind of goofy, like... Outlier, I guess, of fuel. Um, can but, we do the hard
1: reset with Tito's and soda? Um, it's easier not. I'm looking at my calendar, and so I, I'm on the road next week. Here, here's here's let let me let's let's
3: actually fast forward a second. Here. Okay. We come back to the hard reset. Okay. I like what it. I think I would like to see happen for you is I don't want to put you in a position where you'd be like, oh, I can't drink alcohol anymore because well, I don't think yeah. that fits your lifestyle. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> what I would like to do is put you in a position where the amount of alcohol you're drinking now can be brought down to a third but have the same effect. So here's like here's here's a, a somewhat unknown benefit of the high high fat, low carb diet is your alcohol tolerance lowers most often. So like oh. when yeah, so like for me, like when I would what when I would follow a higher carb approach, it would like I would sit down and, you know, want to get you know have have a few drinks. I would, you know, if I drank like half a bottle of wine I would get a good buzz from that, but then if I now if I sit down and have a single glass of wine, I get a good buzz from it, and the tolerance like seems this. to stay there. The same kind of thing kind of happens with caffeine too, actually, from really? my experience. Yeah, I feel like since I've been on a higher fat approach, like when I have a cup of coffee, it has a little more pop to it than it did in the past. So I'd have to talk to someone smarter than me to tell me what's going on exactly there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what you know, and uh, you know when two glasses of wine becomes one, you get the same effect. You're like, hey. Not yeah, a bad thing. I'm cool with that. I'll go start drinking single Tito's and sodas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Nicole wants to chime in. So wait, actually, wait. I should preface this. Nicole is a, is a vodka connoisseur, so she's much more along the lines of the Tito's approach like you are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I am just, before I moved to Phoenix, I lived in California for about four months, but then I had been in Dallas, Texas for nine years so um i know i am a tito's fan but i actually do drink probably more than zach does yeah and especially because i travel a lot for work and i just find that i'm in work functions and i end up drinking and i like to have a drink or so before i go to sleep every day um but yeah i've always been i've always um i've always drank um so I know you're feeling there, yeah. and I don't like to give it up either. So, <laughs> Yeah. and usually he, I follow more the approach, and I, I still keep it up, and I do notice, like Zach said, I don't really have to drink a ton to kind of feel the effect.
1: I'm looking for that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm that way with marijuana. If I take one hit of weed, I'm like, okay, I'm high. And so, <laughs> and by I just buy really high end weed. So, then almost like let's dummy this down for me. Uh huh. Tell me what to eat. Tell me. Uh, let's do a day how, of what. How, how would
3: simple I, do you want to make it? Fucking see, very simple. Okay, so I guess it depends on how you look at simple. The most simple way to go um, during the hard reset is just to eat like fatty cuts of meat. Like so, or like, like brisket, like brisket, like any any meat essentially. Uh, you want to avoid processed stuff if you can. So yeah. like um, stuff that's like packaged and doesn't need to be refrigerated is like more or less something you maybe would want to avoid. But like a brisket, steak, burger. Uh, I like this. I like this, but uh, no bun. Salmon, but no bun. No bun. Yeah, no bun. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and like, so I wake up. I wake up. I have uh, three eggs. Eggs, bacon, something like that. Eggs and yep. bacon. Okay, mm-hmm, I can do yep. that. It's super fucking easy. Yep, yep. Am I watching the calories or am I just no. going just no. eat? Yes. Oh, Here, here's oh. the
3: idea. The, these are the these are the rules. This is why this this way of doing it is the simplified version. Is you eat as much meat? Um, and when I say meat, I mean like like eggs are fine. Full fat dairy is. You fine. You need the fat. So, yes, so don't is- try to lean it out. Right. No, don't try to lean it out. Um, so yeah, eat until you're full and then stop and then don't eat again until you're hungry again. But if you get hungry again, make some more eggs or, you know, have some steak, have some burger okay. or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. So uh, that's kind of what you'd want to do for those four first four weeks. And then what that'll do
1: is it'll just get you to be a really good fat burner. Okay. Um, and I so th- would. So like I'm really dumbing it down for me. Eggs and bacon for breakfast at lunch. I'm going to have. Kind of like greens and stuff Like I eat a salad With some meat on it um, Or stay away from we, greens We can go to that approach If you want
3: um, No so, no 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 Make it simple Okay So then you, w- w- What I would What I think would, What I'd be very interested To see what What would happen for you Would be if you did What, the, what Sean, You know who Sean Baker is He went Uh-oh. on Joe Rogan He was the guy Who only ate meat um, Is he black? No, no. Uh, I'm thinking of David Grogan. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, David Goggins. Yeah, Goggins. yeah. No, he's it's someone else. So Sean Baker's this, uh, this guy who does an, an all-meat diet. He's eaten nothing but meat for, I think, about a year and a half now. And he just does, like, steaks all the time. And he's 51, and he's breaking, like, these world records on these rowing machines for his age group. And he's going after, like, the world record deadlift for, like, 50 to 55. Holy shit. Yeah, he's just, like, this he's a former professional rugby player so he's like he's like twice my size like solid muscle oh my god yeah yeah he's a he's an orthopedic physician and yeah he's he's an interesting guy so yeah if if you want to if you want to like find out more about that stuff you go to this website called meatheals.com like he's got all these testimonials of people who are like trying to fix like metabolic issues or digestive issues and they kind of cut out like everything but meat and it's not necessarily because like everyone's probably thinking like that's super crazy, it's not smart. It's not necessarily something you need to like say, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. It's like kind of a, it's to, it's to reset, get your digestive system kind of used to um, breaking down things that's easily, things that are very bioavailable. So. The interesting thing about meat is it's one of the most bioavailable foods you can get. Like when you eat meat, the the things in meat are very easily absorbed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, when you start getting into plant-based foods, it, there's a wide range of how available those nutrients are, and there's even some anti-nutrients in there. Uh, so some people, the way the way the easiest way to think of it is, you know, plants can't move, so they develop uh, more or less uh, attributes that make it uh, less likely to want to be eaten because they can't run away from you. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so people have a there's a it's wide really range. interesting. I know it's it's really fascinating uh, like the, there's such a wide range of how well people do with Vegetables like I don't not eat vegetables I'll eat vegetables a way less than I used to but when I do eat them, I definitely cook them because sometimes that kind of breaks down some of their defense mechanism So what kind of
1: vegetables do you eat?
3: Uh, usually when I'll eat vegetables uh, I'll do like something like dark leafy greens like broccoli Asparagus Brussels sprouts. And I'll usually grill them okay Nicole and I grill pretty much every night so we'll fire up the grill We'll throw a bunch of meat on there And sometimes we'll throw Some vegetables on there And grill them
1: up as well Okay um, So in my hard, hard reset It's probably Load up on meat But if I want to have some vegetables It's not going to kill me So that's actually The other option I was going to give you Here's Okay the, the other way to look at it Is
3: when you sit down to eat Eat until you're like Three-fourths full of meat And then fill in that last Twenty-five percent With vegetables Okay That's another way to look at it And then you just like At the end
1: yeah. 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 Start with your meat. Cause I used to yeah. eat my vegetables first and then go now I'll have my meat. Right. And then yeah. I'd eat all my meat anyway.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So you want to get like kind of three fourths of the way full and then uh, kind of fill in the rest with some, some uh, cooked vegetables works too. So, uh, yeah, that's another kind of way to approach it. Um, so we would kind of do that for probably about four weeks and kind of see what's going on. Like my guess is you'll drop some pounds. Yeah. Um, the so then we would have to decide where the Tito's fits into that <laughs> So one thing I'd be interested in is like if you had a if you started that approach Where you had a few days where you could not do the Tito's just so you can kind of get that system in place and then Bring back a little bit of Tito's and see what happens like see what like your tolerances yeah. And see if you've even lowered it after a few days.
1: I'm going I'm on the road uh, Next week uh, in Cincinnati mm-hmm and then I'm off for three weeks straight. Okay. That sounds like a good starting it's point. A, it's a really good starting point. And, so, and, uh, and the, so what I'll do is that first week go all meat. Mm-hmm. I'll go a little bit of vegetables, but mostly just meat, right? Meat. Yeah. And then uh, no Tito's. And then I'll bring Tito's back the next week and see how we're feeling. Because uh-huh. we're going on a family vacation and I'm, sure. I'm not hanging out with my family sober. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so and then that'll help try to reset the system Mm -hmm. and then so what about running like like um like is is there anything other than just running like i mean like is there like should i should i be looking at my runs throughout my week differently than i am just going like just go out and come back uh
3: yeah, so yeah, yeah, eventually so here's what I would usually recommend when someone does a hard reset uh, Essentially you are in some circumstances causing a new stress for your body because mm-hmm. your body's relearning It's like Oh, I've got this whole new approach to food and it take it can take like, you know Three or four weeks for things to really start feeling normal So like one thing to like one of the biggest mistakes made with this approach is people will start it and they'll get like A week to two weeks in and they'll be like, I feel horrible. This sucks I quit and then they'll stop and they didn't they didn't let it kind of trigger so, um, what I usually tell people during that phase is run when you feel good and feel like running, but don't force it like, <laughs> like, I'm never going to run. <laughs> well, that that would be fine. I actually think if the, for that three, four weeks when during the hard reset, if you didn't run at all, that'd be fine. If, if you just walked, that'd be yeah. great. Like moving around is good in general. Yeah. So maybe you switch your runs to just some good walks or something like that. Um, or if you do, do you do any weightlifting or anything like that? I do sometimes, but it's always like. Uh, it's a lot like my fasting intermittent <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah, so I mean I think I think you want to just be you want to listen to your body you don't want to like uh, um Be too harsh on yourself during the hard reset because the the more kind of relaxed and stress-free you are doing the quicker It's probably gonna reset for you. Yeah, um so then like to get to where you were talking about With the running Rather than just kind of saying Oh I'm going to run six miles I'll go out and do this and Do the same thing every day That would be kind of our next step Where I would see Like on Rogan's podcast When I said I could get you down to a four and a half Yeah My thought process was like We'll clean up the diet a little bit, and yeah. hopefully that'll shed some pounds. That alone will speed you up.
1: That alone, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, then uh, what we would do is we'd be more specific about your training. So we would spend some time doing what we call like building a strong aerobic base, which is pr- pretty similar to probably what you've been doing, where you're running more or less kind of like uh, moderate or easy-paced runs. You might even have some intermittent walking breaks within that. And we're just building that kind of aerobic engine up. And then once we get that, that's kind of like the foundation. So on top of that foundation, we're going to build some things that are specific to the marathon itself. So um, we'll start doing some more like workouts where you'd go out for a run and rather than just saying, I'm going three miles out, three miles back, we'd have you run for like you know 15 minutes just to kind of get warmed up. And then we'd maybe put in some what we call like intervals well, you probably know some of this stuff from when you were in track, like intervals, like fartlek type stuff. Yeah, oh, like where you
1: run mm-hmm. fast and then yep. slow.
3: And, then, and still yeah, yeah. And then what we're what we're, we're going to try to do is we're going to try to get the pace you want to do for your marathon to feel really comfortable. Because ideally, like four and a half hour marathon is about a ten minute mile pace, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we'd want to do, where we're trying to get to, is so that that ten minute mile pace feels comfortable enough where you get through the halfway mark and you're like almost chomping at the bit, like, oh man, I can't believe. That's I'm- what
1: happened with me on the on the half marathon. So uh-huh. I did the half marathon and I, we were, I was with two friends, both, neither of any of us trained. Uh-huh. We just were like, fuck it, let's do it. We were like, just, let's just finish it. And so we got halfway through, we got like six miles in and I was like, this is fucking killing me. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah. And then I ran the rest of it at a nine minute mile. Mm-hmm. I ran the rest, the seven miles at a nine minute mile. and and then i think just got over 2 hours for that okay but i was we were we were really i forget what my time was but yeah, those chomping at the bit things—that's what makes me crazy about running. Uh huh. That's, thats like almost the difficult part about running. Yeah, pacing yourself, right? Pacing yourself.
3: Yeah, and that that gets easier as you get like more. If you want you do more stuff, you kind of figure that out. And and then you know the marathon is one of the trickier races to pace properly because it's kind of this weird gray area where it's long enough where if you make a mistake early, you're gonna you have plenty of time to pay for it. But it's short enough where like <laughs> you still so have to go true. fast. <laughs> that
0: is so
1: fucking true. <laughs> if you make I speak a mistake from early, poor decision
3: making in my past. <laughs> oh my
1: god. We we did, when we did this, when we did the marathon, we got to like Silver Lake and it was downhill and fucking foo fighters came on my headsets and I was like, <laughs> like let's Oh, we go. got this. Yeah, and I look at my watch and I'm running like a, at an eight minute mile pace. I'm like, whoa, hold on. And we're going downhill and I'm yeah. just flying, and I was like, wait, and then all of a sudden we got started
3: going uphill and I was like Oh yeah. my god. The funny thing about that is that mistake gets made by professionals all the time, every race. Really? Yeah, like I there's a race that I've done three times called World 100K Championships. Um, and every time at that race, there'll be like this pack of guys that go out, probably somewhere between like 10 to 15 guys that go out at like a sub 6 minute pace or around 6 minute mile pace, and then a couple guys will maybe even go faster than that. And at the end, the winning time is like is above a six minute pace so there's like a bunch of guys in there who have no business going that fast They're gonna blow up, but they yeah. do it anyway cause they get hung up They're like I'm gonna run with these guys. It's gonna be my day And then oh, it's like fuck. and then you start really slowing down the second half <laughs> So I mean that's something that happens
1: Regularly within all, all all different levels of runners. <laughs> yeah, Ari Shafir and I are looking at marathons. Oh, Ari's going to do one. Ari Ari said he'd do a marathon with me. But he said it's got to be exotic. It's okay. got to be like a beautiful marathon. Okay. And so, because I was like, I was like, first of all, LA marathons. Okay. So, this isn't the best one to maybe try to do your fastest one at. But oh, I'm okay. So you got by one the way, figured no, out. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've been doing the research. Okay. I'm looking for a beautiful one that's downhill. Oh, there's a the one called Through the Tunnel. I think it's called. Uh-huh. And uh, and it's I think it's in Portland. It's gorgeous, uh-huh. but it's like all downhill. <laughs> like just literally, it looks like you're just going. Meh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That's and they're like, this is the mo- this is the race everyone runs to qualify for the New York Marathon. Okay. So like, I was looking at those. Uh, and then the other thing was like, Ari was like, let's just find some something like like the Patagonia Marathon or yeah. something exotic go down there do the marathon he's like I'll do it with you and then we'll stay down and do drugs for a week <laughs> and I was like all right I would love to go to one of those marathons where you could just chew the cocoa leaves okay. he'd <laughs> <sighs> probably have to go down into South America for yeah that we're one. looking for a South America <laughs> we're looking for something and like I want to do because that does that ever affect you like you don't care what it looks like do you the race um I are there are there are there ultra marathons that you're like fuck that it's gross
3: well So I'm the wrong person to ask cause <laughs> my one of my, my best race probably was on a 400 meter track It was a it was a time they do these things called timed events where you see how far you can get in like 6 12 24 sometimes even 48 72 and 6 days um, and I've done this one where uh, I've gone to see how far I can get in 12 hours and uh, that's the next
1: challenge yeah a track. me Tom and Ari <laughs> and we do a timed event a timed event yeah. yeah yeah. and we do it for five hours there you go and we yeah. see who can do the longest in five hours yeah yeah. that's it a timed a challenge. event yeah. <laughs> that's the fucking we do a timed event but we'll do 30 minutes <laughs>
3: yeah. 30 minute time. we'll minute. do an, a one
1: hour timed event and we'll all do it independently so that we're not racing with each other oh because virtual it, yeah you can each be on a different track yeah you just start it and we we'll just see who wins yeah so you do it on a track?
3: Yeah, well, there's there's some on a track, but I mean, the sport is the goofy thing about ultra marathoning is they it's a small enough sport where they can't really compartmentalize too much. So you have everything from like races, like there's this one called the speedgoat 50k, where you're out in it's like near Park City, I think. Yeah, And you it's got like over 10,000 feet of climbing and descending in 50 kilometers um, Really technical stuff and then you have races on a track that are six days long and they're all considered the same sport But they couldn't be any different from one another Holy so shit There's also like the race that Nicole and I are training for right now is called the Western States 100 and that one's on this trail that starts in Squaw Valley and ends in Auburn And you just point to point you go through canyons and it's like really scenic along the American River so like there's ones where that I, like, would be cool yeah there's a do you guys of... keep pace with each
1: other or do you just split up you're like goodbye oh I can't keep up with him really yeah yeah <laughs> like you don't just like like when you if you guys do you guys jo- go out and jogs together ever yeah we do like this morning we went on a run this morning we went how far uh, uh what was it like three hours yeah, it was three
3: just hours three yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> what the fuck three a- you went on a run for three hours <laughs> my wife and I haven't done anything together for three hours
0: <laughs> no so what's funny is I'll um. so sometimes Zach will run workout like I'll be doing a workout and he'll have like more of like a recovery day and he'll do that with me yeah. so it's kind of like we can sync things up so that we train together but yeah I mean in terms of a race he'll definitely be ahead of me.
1: Three hours and, and how, how, what mile, how far did you guys get?
0: We did this we did one path. was a lot of climbing so we didn't like get a ton of back. yeah
3: we, There was probably about there was probably a little over 3,000 feet of climbing on that run. Oh, so, shit. Like, we'll do, I mean, it really, the terrain depends a lot. Like, um, like if we went for, like, a three-hour run on a flat path and it was just kind of, like, cruising pace, like, um, you know, Nicole would probably run somewhere above, a little over 20 miles. And I'd probably run, you know, closer to 25, maybe. Yeah. Um, but we go in the Phoenix Mountain Preserve where there's a lot of steep stuff. It gets hot, and you know we're not trying to push the pace at all. You know we're
1: hiking some of the steep stuff, and then that's cool. That's I, I like that about what I what the run that I do is to from my house to the base of a camp, uh, base of a, of a hike, uh-huh. and I like getting up and doing the hike and just yeah. and running parts of it and walking parts of it, and I like it. It makes it a lot more interesting. Like the one we did, that I did this morning. I went and I did it all the way to the top, and then. There's like a little loop, and I just did the loop a couple times, and I, I don't feel like it's running when you're in in the trails as much, uh-huh. especially when you're like, all right, I got to slow down for this. It 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 really breaks it up.
3: Yeah, 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 it does, and it, yeah, it's nice to have that that variance. And you know, for me, what I really love to do is since I'm kind of usually the way I break up a season is there's kind of like the spring and early summer, and then there's maybe a little downtime, and then a build up for like a fall or winter type season. So like, I'd like to try to do like. I'm gonna train for a really flat race this time and then the next one I'm gonna train for a more trail or hillier race. Yeah. So then you're like you you're doing different stuff. You're never you don't feel like, oh man, this grind again, same old
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What now now um I'm dying to talk to you about well, number one thing I'm dying to talk to you about is toenails. Oh, do you even yeah. have, have toenails anymore? Yeah, so um yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at her. your toenails <laughs> nipples, seem yeah. fine.
3: Yeah, so a lot of that a lot of that has to do with like footwear like shoes like you you know do you want to know why shoes are pointy yeah it began in the 1300s it was because what happened was people who had shoes were wealthy and so they were also riding horses so if you had like a shoe that was shaped like your foot you could get it stuck in the stirrup and if you fell off that horse you might break or lose your leg yeah so they made pointy shoes you could slide it in out of the stirrup real easily so what happened then when shoes became more readily available for like like, like more people, like, like you know, middle class, lower class people, they wanted to still look like the rich people. So they yeah. made all the shoes pointy like that, even though they didn't need them for riding horses any longer. Really? And it's just stuck for this long. So really what you, the reason people are losing toenails is a lot of times because their toes are pinched together and they're just getting jammed in the front of the toe box of the shoe. Yeah. So like we wear this, we wear these shoes called by ultra footwear and they make a foot shaped toe box so ultra footwear yeah we can get you a pair of those shoes if you want to
1: try them out that, yes that should really help your toenails <laughs> so, yeah so like i lost i lost <laughs> this toenail in the half marathon uh-huh. and then i lost it again in the marathon yeah. and then this one is got blood all under it and i'm just like yeah and i'm like i'm like it, part of me is i remember that toenail coming off in the half marathon and being in my sock mm-hmm. and being like Ugh. yeah Here's the other thing too is like a lot of times lost toenails are due to like blistering underneath the toenail. that's what my that mine yeah. was. What had happened was it had blistered in in from just running, uh-huh. and it got blistered underneath it, and then and then it just it, during the race it just came off, and I was like, yeah. Oh.
3: So socks play a big role in that too. Ooh, like, what kind of socks do you there's, wear? There's this company called Drymax socks, and we'll
1: we're gonna get you some of those too. We're gonna make sure you do this right. Okay, <laughs> so, I, I I have two different types of socks. Um. I had these... I wish I could remember the names. Swift... Swift Swiftwick? Swiftwick. I okay. had Swiftwick, but I'd gotten those for um, spin classes. I they okay. sold them at bike stores. Mm-hmm. And I liked the sock. And and then I got out of them, I started wearing Nike socks. Uh-huh. the like The really thin ones. Uh-huh. And those seemed to do fine, but like good socks... Wait, I wonder what the name of the fucking company the guy works for. This guy gave me a pair of socks from the at the marathon, and he's like... One's right one's left. It's really important. Don't get messed up. Oh, okay, and so what did they have were they toes little toes on them? No,
3: or? okay. I wonder if it might have been like Belega or yeah. uh, Belega. Yeah, okay. Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the the socks we wear the reason we like them is because they've got this technology called dry max in there And what it does is a blister occurs when there's three things happening if I'm getting this right It's moisture heat and friction. So if you can remove one of those three things the blisters don't occur and um, so what the dry max does is it actually has like two layers and one side is hydrophobic and one is like uh like a magnet to, to to moisture so it kind of pulls the moisture away from your foot and then the top layer pushes it up so it keeps your feet dry oh, so wow. then you remove that variable that would cause like the blisters and stuff like that okay um
0: we used to have way worse i mean like i my feet used to be terrible and i it's taken a couple of years to get them back after doing both things but i do notice with the shoes and the socks it makes a huge difference really yeah toenails are in the best shape they've been in probably like ten years. I'd say.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. I can get
0: pedicures and things. I was gonna <laughs> get
1: a. I was gonna get a pedicure tonight. I was gonna go to the club early and go get a pedicure before the show. Oh nice. There's a there's a pedicure place underneath, and my toenails are just a mess. And but uh but I but I, then I was like I should hold off and go with my daughters. Um. That that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I was because so there's so much gear like there there's no real comprehensive website on what like and I'm and I looked of like gear for a marathon mm-hmm. like there's not I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I want to start a company of hats hats fuck okay. yeah marathon <laughs> hats like legit like comfortable i cuz my head the top of my head burns because uh-huh. i'm losing my hair and so the hat i wore for the marathon was just some like some baseball hat but it's fucking filled with water filled yeah. with sweat and it's getting heavy and it's got a piece of cardboard on it and i'm like i want to i want marathon hats i want running hats like yeah. legit they i want it to be a those. little bit of i want it to cover my ears okay like i want it like I, I need protection uh-huh but i couldn't find i couldn't find good hats and then i couldn't find like they, there are they do they do make running hats but they're not i need a fitted running hat i need a okay. big because i have a big head sure i couldn't find hats and then the only thing you really, that people are like, put nipple, nip slips nip on, guards, nip yeah. guards on. But like, I needed a website that was, when I was getting ready for it, that was like, yo, the, this is all the shit you need. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. go yeah. to there and get this stuff. Yeah. Like, the, I gotta be honest with you, uh, not entirely in thrilled thrill with the fanny pack situation for <laughs> marathons. Like, I could barely get my fa- cell phone in it. Yeah. And so then I just kept my cell phone in my hand. Uh-huh. And you need, a, like, you do you run with a backpack? it depends on the
3: event or the the run like i'll have like they make some really nice like, like those bottles that we gave you right there like they make they also make packs and they make belts and things like that, too, that have, like... And you run with this in your hand. Yep. And then if I don't want to carry that, though, there's, like... They make some really nice, like, fitted, like, vest-type things. Yeah. That, that you can adjust and are are pretty nice, too, with, like, pockets and things in it. And oh, this then... One's nice. Belts like that. So, yeah, if you wanted something that's, like, like a, a belt or a vest, like, they make that stuff that we can get that really? sent to you, too. No,
1: you know? no, I, I liked... Uh... I ended up running with just a regular old fanny pack. Okay. Because I had so I had so like much a Joe
3: Rogan style fanny pack.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had so much shit in my fanny
3: pack. I so had. So is that bouncing a lot then? Oh yeah. Yeah, you need something that's not going to bounce. Yeah. This
0: Company makes a fanny pack that's just for running. So, pretty much. Yeah. The
1: company from the bottles. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll will go on their website because I had I had all my uh, gels in there. Uh huh. I had um, uh, Halls mental elliptic because I was uh, I had a chest cold infection uh-huh. during the marathon so I had to put halls in my cheek on each cheek like a chickmunk and run the whole time so that I wouldn't cough <laughs> oh, I man. had I had mentholated uh, rub in case I started coughing I could put it on my chest I had money I had a cell phone I had you don't run with headsets do you? Um, it depends on the race. Some allow it and some don't. They, why wouldn't they allow you to have a headset?
3: Uh, usually it's just if it's like a USATF type event where it's like a kind of a national championship or like a world championship. They don't let you wear that stuff, but a lot, most races do though.
0: If it's like you're running, it's like a United States type based event.
3: Oh yeah. Like it's
0: a national type event. Well, most races, yeah. I I wear headphones. Most of
3: the time. Usually, it's just if you're like if there's prize money there and you think you're gonna win prize money, then they say don't wear them because you can get disqualified for that in some. But really? like, yeah, but there's very few races I think say no headphones for anyone. Do you wear when you do, if you're doing like
1: the one coming up, uh, the Northwest one? Yeah, you guys wear headsets. Yeah, for parts of it anyway. And so then, what do you play? Because like this was really fascinating for me was finding a playlist. That I wouldn't get bored of and that would change up. And I just, I ended up listening to the whole album of Foo Fighters, the whole album of Rage Against the Machine. Like I just, over and over, just those two. And Uh then uh, Outkast. And then, oddly enough, if you take, um, if you take by the Ghetto Boys, if you take Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster and put (laughs) it on repeat. Like just it, you it's can't the right rhythm. You can't, yeah. It's, it's a twelve-minute mile, and you can't, you can't tell where the song starts and where the song stops. It just keeps going, it just keeps going in a circle, and so I listen to "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster" running all down Hollywood Boulevard, going just at a twelve-minute-mile pace. Like, yeah. Did you start singing? Oh, I sang. I sang throughout the whole race. I, would, I would, I would mouth words. I got lost in my head a
3: lot. Yeah. I, yeah, that's yeah. That happens. You kind of get in a groove, and then you just you know drift off, and um, sometimes like. When you have a race that's a little more monotonous where it's like on a city street or a track then you that's kind of one of my goals i try to kind of like separate myself from my body so to speak where you're trying to like almost daydream or forget you're where you're at so you don't feel like you're just
1: doing the same thing over and over again yeah oh my daughter's facetiming me hold on a <laughs> second i think we haven't bought my wife a- hey what's up can i actually show you something yeah you can show me something sorry no worries this is the well, look what i did george she just took a bobblehead. He pooped himself. M- <laughs> himself. himself. Alright, I'm doing a podcast, baby. Hey, do you do you do you, do you like his butt Yeah, Georgia. Kick me. It's great. Hey, I'm doing a podcast. So let me call you back. Hey, did you think about getting mom a present for Mother's Day? I made her a card. Oh, okay, good. Alright. I'll talk to you later. I love you. This I love you. It's not my mom. It's your mom. It your wifey. All right. I love you. Bye.
0: Love
1: you. Um, uh, yeah. It, you know what's amazing is that when I got done the marathon, my kids were like, and I were driving back from uh, the from the LA marathon, and my daughter was like, "Dad, like that was really amazing." And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Cause you know when you when you really put distance on it, you say uh-huh. like, like." I, I'm jogging from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh-huh. And your kids, my kids were like, We were driving back, and I kept going, You ran all, all this way? And I was like, Yeah. And they're like, Wait, you, did you get in a car at all? And you're <laughs> like, No, you. I just ran. And we're driving back th- almost through the path. And George is like, Oh my God, Dad. Like, that was really impressive. I was like, Oh, thanks. And in your weird way, you're like, Yeah. I'm, <laughs> talking, nah, nah, I'm dead. Now I beat your mom. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, music was like, was like, I was like, all the questions I have for you are like, I want to know all your gear, I want to know all your music, (laughs) I want to know like, like all the like fun stuff about marathons, like, or or ultra marathons. Uh I wonder if I could do, I don't, I know for a fact, like I said, when I set up out to do the the LA marathon, I said, everyone was, Joe and Ari and, and Tom were like, uh, they were like, you you, you 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 can't do it with no training. You can't do it with no training. <laughs> and I was in my head, I'm like, you definitely can do it with no training. Like I know that I've know people do it with no yeah. training. train. I know that that happens. And uh, and I was like, I just I just said, I'm just gonna decide to do this for the next five hours. Like that's all my brain said. I was like, I just wrap my head around. Th- I'm gonna do this for five hours. That's that's I'm gonna be here for five hours. I'm not yeah. going anywhere for five hours. <laughs> And then I thought I really was toying with the idea. I was like, I bet I could do an ultra marathon. Except when, it, like, halfway through the marathon, I was like, I bet I could do an ultra marathon if you just decide this is where I'm going to be for ten hours. Uh huh. And then when I got to mile twenty, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> I really could not. I really could not. Like that, that really is one of those white whales where you're like, fuck that.
3: Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing too is what I try to do when I get kind of in that spa- space where it's like. Uh, like how do I wrap my because you're like oh another hour another two hours and then you just I try to like refocus and think well how quickly would two hours go by in just a normal day like just doing normal stuff it's like the time just flies by oh. so you're like it's gonna pass it's gonna pass and you just kind of try to recenter and think about instead of thinking about the whole thing at the end just say like well I'm just gonna get to that next aid station or I'm gonna get to that sign and just kind of really do you do break that down. yeah for sure mm-hmm. really yep yeah yeah, especially for a hundred mile race, like the last thing you want to do for a race like that is uh, start thinking about the end in the beginning because it's really hard to wrap your head around hundred miles. So oh, you're just fuck. like thinking, I'm gonna to get to this aid station, I'm gonna take care of myself, and then I'm gonna move on to the next one. You just kind of keep chipping away, chipping away, and then eventually you get to the point where you're like at the last aid station, like all right, let's finish. <laughs> That's gotta be a good feeling. Do you enjoy? Yeah. Do you enjoy the the finish of the of the race? Yeah, like as soon as you finish, it's kind of euphoric almost like you're just you're like and then like there's usually a bunch of other people that are doing the same thing so you kind of have this like communal like experience where everyone kinda knows like regardless of how fast or how slow you did it like you all know like we just went this distance and we all kinda did it together and um it's a it's a re- yeah, that's where the cool parties are at too is at the end of an ultra marathon and
1: oh, it's the good one. <laughs> Fucking blowing lines of Coke. i fuck it. if I did an ultra marathon I'd be like, all right guys, you're about to see some real shit go down. You think that was impressive? Wait so much fuck <laughs> The uh, <laughs> do you run with those little running sticks? Um,
3: I haven't, but Nicole has like the, the, the yeah, the, the, like ski poles. Yeah. Oh. What, what race did
0: you use those in? Um, well I've done some kind of races internationally that I've used them when it's been really steep climbs. So like I did a race called UTMB, which is in the Alps. So it's a hundred mile <sighs> race in the Alps that I what? need it to What's the altitude? 30, 30 hours. Um, well it's like by Mount Blanc. So I don't even know what the altitude is. It's gotta
1: be at least seven thousand feet.
0: I think it's around there. I think Holy it gets shit. higher seven, to like seven, Yeah. So and then I've run a race in Patagonia and used poles. Um, yeah. What's the prettiest
1: race you've ever run?
0: Um UTMB. Really? In the Alps. Because it you feel like you're in the sound of music. So like you get uh-huh. to some, yeah, it's like you're in you go through Italy, France, and Switzerland. So like you Holy do feel like you could be in the movie.
1: U T. It's called UTMB? UTMB. I want to look ultra at a picture. Trail ultra yeah. Trail Mont Blanc. And that's probably
3: one of the most competitive hundred
1: mileers. Oh, Here, pass him the mic. Yeah. That's one of the most competitive. So yeah. how international is this? Because in my head, I don't. I didn't. I just realized this. I've always been thinking of Americans doing this. Uh huh. Is this? Uh, is this? Yeah. Is it? Is it shared like in cultures? Like yeah. Or does China have the same amount of ultra marathoners as as?
3: Yeah, it, it, like it ranges a bit from country to country, but there's usually a community of ultra runners in most of them like China actually has a fairly big growing ultra running community. The hard thing with China is like it's hard to know who they are because they're kind of like isolated there. But like all these European countries like South Africa has got a big ultra mar- marathon running community. Um, we were just in Hong Kong for a race. Yeah, yep. You in Hong Kong? Yeah, in uh, was that January? Yeah. January, yeah. So. What was
1: wait? What was the race in Hong Kong? It was the Hong Kong 100K, 100 kilometer. Yeah. So. So wait, what's 100K in miles? About 62 and a half. Holy shit! <laughs> and that do you do you look at those like 50 miles as as nothing anymore? You're like, it's got to be 100. It's not doesn't count.
3: Um, it depends. Like, there's some. It depends if <gasps> I'm trying to peak for it or this not.
1: This is beautiful. Yeah. You go through villages too. Yeah. Oh, I guess you have to if you're going 100 miles. Yeah. <laughs> gonna see fucking everything you're gonna know yeah where are we finding a hundred miles of just land god this is gorgeous yeah it's amazing hundred miles you can
3: see well how people get hooked on this stuff right oh i see
1: that's what i was like i was like i want to do a beautiful race like the la Uh marathon is nice and all but there are times you're like oh this is cool Mm -hmm. then there are times when you're running down Sepulveda like fuck Sepulveda like (laughs) no one likes that unless there's traffic on the 405 like and you're running under the 405 and then you're running like just down the Santa Monica stretch (laughs) sucked you're like this isn't even the good part of Santa Monica this is the four-lane highway part of Santa Monica yeah one of the most beautiful road marathons in the U.S. is probably Big Sur yeah Yeah, but yeah but that's a really difficult race yeah yeah really Uh hilly I've looked at that one yeah I looked at that's coming up I think
3: yeah Oh, did it oh, just did happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that one would be a fun one to do, but maybe not the one to Target 4:30 at.
1: Yeah, 4:30. The one, the one I was looking at was. Uh, the downhill one. Yeah, it's it's Portland, it's, it's, it's like it no, it's called uh, through the tunnel marathon. Okay. I think. I think
0: uh, I've heard of that. Have you? Um, yeah. Some Let's Some friends from Dallas, I think, did that one to run a fast marathon. So it was fast. Yeah. Or what about the one in LA? The one
3: the the revel marathon there's a series called revel that tunnel marathon. really steep
1: down ones. Tunnel, tunnel marathon the, the one of the nation's fastest marathon <laughs> courses <laughs> it's, it's i think it's my oh it's fucking sold out the 2018 race is sold out you, you could probably pull some september <laughs> tunnel light is sold out yeah the tunnel I don't. I, I get. I get confused when I look at these websites. I'm like, huh? What? Um, yeah, it's just fast as shit. It's just all downhill. Yeah. Like, and those downhills, that man, those those really make a race enjoyable.
3: There's there's a one in Las Vegas called uh, Revel something, um, that's like net. What is it? Net? Like it's it's downhill. Like it literally, like you know, people will run. Yeah, way faster than their normal PR on it. So yeah. there's, there's some out there like that. And
0: then you can go down, Then you can go to Las Vegas. Yeah, well,
1: that, that'd be a great one for you. <laughs> one of the one of the ones everyone talks about is the rock and roll marathon. Ah, uh, yeah, that happens at night. Yeah, and you rap it like, yeah, you I get done you put it like, on the strip or something. Yeah, night. that that seems fun, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I my I my thing for the next marathon. Like, I would like to do, I would like to do like probably a ultra marathon course, but in a marathon. Okay. Like, and like oh, I like, like trail the trail. Like I like the trails. The trail, it just feels like you're in. It feels like it doesn't feel monotonous. Uh-huh. Like the monotony of the road was. trust me I'm sure after fucking running a mile on the trail you're like okay this is hard as shit (laughs) it's gotta be harder right to run on the trails oh yeah yeah yeah. it's just
3: slower a lot of times sometimes it depends on how you prepare though too like if you spend your training in the mountains or on the trails then like that starts to become a better skill for you Um, but yeah if you come off the road and just decide to jump on a trail race like you'll you'll be you'll find
1: that you're not quite as prepared (laughs) yeah do you um do you get scared of like bears or lions or (laughs) rattlesnakes ever um you have to have seen a thousand rattlesnakes by now
3: yeah you know we we seem to be like averse to those like we haven't we've seen a dead one and that's it but we've only been in phoenix since january so um
0: surprisingly we haven't seen any we were just talking about that today and he jumped because he saw a lizard and i thought he was moving out of the way to see a snake because i'm like we're finally gonna see a snake yeah we didn't even see one
3: yeah so either we're just oblivious and we're not seeing them and they're there but which is probably partly the case but i'm sure we'll run into one in the middle of the trail eventually and be like oh Uh,
1: that's my that was my fear like i in this i I used to run up in uh, another canyon uh i think i forget what it is but uh I would. I just stopped using headsets because I was like, I want to hear if something's stalking me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to just be the guy that's like singing a fucking Cyndi Lauper, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, and I'm fighting a, a like, mountain lion or something. Oh yeah. god, I bring. T- I I started contemplating bringing the bear spray the bear with spray. me because I was like, just in case, like. Yeah. But you don't. You don't get afraid of that. No, not really. It's. It's. I
3: mean, like mountain lion, like encounters. And even bear encounters that are end up being, like, an attack are so rare, I think. like
0: Especially, like, where we are. There's just
1: too many people around generally. Yeah. Like, I think last year during Western Oh, here, give it a mic. I'm listening. I forgot we were doing a oh, podcast. Sorry.
0: <laughs> last year during the Western States the race we're running this year, there was a woman who said she saw a mountain lion, oh, that's right. like, yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. So um, that's scary because we oh. passed probably by that point, like, not too far in advance advanced so, I mean that cat was really <laughs> right around us at the same yeah. time, and we had no idea. So, that's, so the
1: the Western Marathon starts in Squaw in Squaw Valley. You said
3: Squaw Valley and ends in Auburn.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, so what time does it start? At five in the morning on a Saturday,
3: and then you have as many as thirty hours to complete. That's when the cutoff is.
1: um And it's a hundred miles. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like. You start off, and is it just straight up into the
3: mountains? Yeah, so it actually goes up one of the ski runs out on Squaw Valley because that's fuck like, that. <laughs> it goes up a ski run. Yeah, for the first three miles, you're basically going straight uphill. <laughs>
1: oh, Mike! Oh, so that's just I'm, I. You know what I might start, do? Yeah. I might I might uh, register for an ultra marathon and just run the first three miles and then come back and be like, "Whoa!"
3: <laughs> you wouldn't be the first person to do that for real. <laughs> yeah, people drop out early sometimes. Yeah. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I bet I bet you'd be <laughs> like, "How? Like, what's the rate of attrition? Like, how many people will just go?
1: This is not for me."
3: Yeah, it's uh. It depends sometimes like if it's a hard race to get into people usually prepare and then it's usually a little higher finishing rate just because they don't want to have yeah. to go through the waiting to get back in. But
1: how hard is it to get into an ultramarathon? I figured they'd tell Some are
3: super easy you can show up the morning of and yeah. other ones are like Western States It's really hard like people wait years to get into that one. For sometimes. real? Yeah,
1: mhm
0: lottery of like and some people wait like 8 years now or so Why? to get in cuz there's not very many spots because it goes through national um nationally protected land so it's just one of these iconic races that Yeah, oh, I got to see permits.
3: what's the name of it? I got to see this pictures. The Western States 100. But yeah, the permitting issue with that is they can't have more than I think right around, just under 400 people registered and <gasps> normally like like upwards to almost 20,000 I think try to get in. So really? like they have a lottery system where twenty
1: thousand people think they can run a hundred miles yeah
3: well there's even bigger ones than that like there's there's a race in South Africa called comrades where they they 'll start twenty thousand people um it's a road race that's about ninety kilometers long and uh that's actually probably one of the most competitive ultra marathons and what's it called the comrades marathon where's that in moscow in, in south in south africa really yeah, so that one's uh like that one's pretty uh prestigious it's been around for a long
1: time and like really fast road but like hilly roads basically so where um, it's out the band by the way I, i've been to south africa you can't run 100 kilometers in south africa with seeing some real shit <laughs> it's
3: in uh durban,
1: durban. oh fuck <laughs> i hope you're running out of durban <laughs> no offense to durban i've been to durban it is scary <laughs> bro i but i've i think i jumped off the world's tallest stadium in durban oh did you yeah and it was like I think that's can I I tell you I think what I what happened to me was um I got this is gonna sound really ridiculous no one's gonna everyone's okay I'm looking at your I'm looking at the map of your western states run uh-huh it is net downhill
3: so there are some nice downhill sections in there too yeah yeah, well yeah yeah. we talking talk 100 <laughs> miles I'm sure there's
1: some uphills too I bet they got curves also yeah <laughs> they got a few of those <laughs> oh yeah that's not bad whoa whoa that's crazy. I love these map things. By the way, yeah, the my buddy fo-piles. does. My <laughs> my buddy did um, map tats. Oh yeah, yeah. And, he, and it, it was a tattoo of the elevation, uh-huh. and he and I tattooed it on my hand, uh-huh. so I could look at it. and It was the greatest thing that I'd ever had because I was like, I was like, oh okay. I've I, I can go a little quicker because I know I'm going downhill now, yeah. and I will be going downhill for. It was really great. I wore a long sleeve shirt because I didn't want to get sunburned, uh-huh. and so I did. Normally, I guess people put it on their forearm, but I, I put it on my hand. It was fucking great. I'm so ready for this hard reset. Um, <laughs> wow, twenty. That, that is.
3: Do you go through th- three states or just two? Uh, for western states, you're in the same state. Are you? Yeah, it gets really close to to Nevada, though. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, like Squaw Valley's probably only about 30 minutes out of Reno. Right, 30 minutes, maybe?
1: Yeah, holy shit. I think what happened with me with the marathon was I'd done so much shit for Travel Channel. I worked for Travel Channel for, like, mm-hmm. seven years. And I did so much uh, stuff that was, like, it was testing your metal as a man. Like... Uh, it's, and it's stuff that everyone does, but when you do it with very little training, you, you get thrown into it. It's a baptism by fire. And so like uh, like mountain climbing or, or, or rappelling or skydiving or bungee jumping or uh, base jumping or scuba diving uh-huh. with very little training. So like my first open water scuba dive was at 90 feet. And I was like, and you're just like, holy shit. I think it forms as a, a form of PTSD. But then I started looking at it and I was like, I feel like I'm not, I feel empty inside. Uh And so I think that is what drew me towards running these races and doing, and just like getting in, like I was in the first round of people that did the Tough mutter back when they were trying to figure it out. Oh, wow. And so when we did the Tough mutter, I mean, we jumped off a fucking 50 foot ledge into a river and swam across a river. I, and it was like people were jumping on top. It was just. Not, it was like, yeah, and and like you're swimming in shoes and and like fully clothed. You're swimming across a river. It's ice cold. It's the middle of winter. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, I remember. I don't know. I think I think it fucked my brain up. And so I think part that's part of me. What do you ever wonder why you do this? Um, do you ever do you ever hang out with other ultra marathoners and you're like, finally, you guys are like, all holding yeah. the fork with the left hand.
3: You're like, wait, you do that too, or like something <laughs> odd? Well, the the interesting thing too is like you kind of start to normalize it which sounds really weird for to people who haven't ran an ultra marathon before but then you go into like these races and like most people there have been doing them for a while or have done a few of them so in those like situations it feels like oh this is what people are supposed to do this is what this is normal so then it, it, it kind of rationalize it I guess in your mind but then you kind of realize how kind of Goofy and crazy it is when you just start talking to some people who don't really care know what ultramarathons are and they're like, wait, you do what? And then,
1: and then you realize, oh yeah, we are kind of silly. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it really is like. I mean, I guess it's. A, I guess it ultimately is the same as like. When you, like you said, when your coach said, and then the seniors run about 80 miles, and you're like, I'll never run 80 miles. Uh huh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't really, until you do it, you can't really wrap your head around it. And, you know, that's the other interesting thing about ultra marathons because people will get into them and they'll do one, like a shorter one, like a 50K or a 50 mile. And then they'll, they'll get that kind of feeling of like, doing something they have never done before, so they're like, well, now I want to go a little further, and then I want to go a little further And before I know what they're doing, like 100 milers or, like, something, there's 200 milers as well, and then, like, those six-day events where people will run. What's and a six-day event? It's just a timed event, like what I was talking about before, but you see how far you can get in six days, and, like, there's guys who can run upwards to 600 miles during that time, so it's, like, just crazy, like, just like a battle of sleep deprivation. Most people will sleep periodically through it, but there's one guy who's, like, one of the best timed event guys ever. He he'll he's done six day events but he's only slept for eight hours during that time. <laughs> that can't be good for your body. No, absolutely not. No, no. Do you wonder? Do you wonder if what you're doing is good for your body? Um, I mean, we're definitely hit the margin of diminishing returns in terms of using exercise and running for like, for health purposes. Yeah. Like it's, it's probably healthier than sitting around and doing nothing. But really, if I was just trying to be as healthy as possible, live as long as possible, I certainly wouldn't be trying to do hundred mile races. Really? No. Yeah. I don't think it's, I think it's something that's, uh, it's, it's a cool challenge and it like excites me. I love building up to it. I love doing it. So it's more of a quality of life versus like. I want to be 110 years old before I die. Kind of a mindset. God, yeah. But who knows? I mean, there are people like there's there's been 90 year olds who finish these things. So like, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So
0: I I think it's amazing what your body can adapt to because I think now we do a hundred mile race and we can run in a couple days for the most part. It's amazing when we first started doing them. I know we have similar experience where. I mean, even after a marathon, I remember running a Boston Marathon maybe like five or six years ago and I could barely walk for yeah. like a week after. And now I run a hundred mile race and I can recover in a couple of days. So your body adapts in an amazing way, in my experience.
3: Yeah. And I should I should clarify, too. It's I don't think it's the running of the hundred miles that's necessarily the unhealthy or bad thing. It's when you try to like. Go as fast as you possibly can in 100 miles is where you're probably, where kind of the health benefit from it kind of, you you overlap a little (laughs) bit. Where you really
1: start pushing yourself. Yeah,
3: uh uh-huh. Yeah, like the one of the hardest 100 milers I did in terms of just like how hard I had to push my body was this the one I did on the track in, in 2015. And I ran 11 hours and 40 minutes for 100 miles. And like the last 20 miles of that, I was just like, holding on by a thread basically but you're still fucking flying yeah well so that that race i averaged about
1: a seven minute mile pace by the way i was writing jokes about that (laughs) all day i was like my it takes me eight minutes to do my seven minute mile (laughs) (laughs) that was the joke i wrote today while i was running so i was like because i i ran um i can run a seven minute mile on a uh, let me rephrase this i can run a seven minute mile on my old treadmill uh-huh. I cannot run a seven minute mile on the street. Like I like, I, I, it's a very different. Once you ju- if you just put a treadmill at the thing, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're it ends up happening. Yeah, like you, you're like yeah, yeah I I'm, I I did it. That's uh-huh. amazing. Just watch it. But when you get on the street and run a seven minute mile, that's a quick clip. Like that is a real. It's a different feel. It's <laughs> a very different feel, especially especially like uh, we did uh we did the the. I, I mean, I, I sounds so silly, but we did a 5K in our neighborhood with all our families. Uh-huh. And we, I organized it. I, I pathed it out. It was a horrible fucking idea because <laughs> at, we lost all the children. The, all the children got lost. <laughs> like, I gave everyone a map and all the kids got lost. And all of a sudden you're running it because you're running up and down the fingers of our streets. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're running it and you see your daughter walking perpendicular down another street. I'm like, I don't know where the hell are you going. She's like, I have no idea where I'm going. Like, and, uh, and, uh, I forgot what I was saying about this. What were we just? My brain is fucking fried. Oh, but I ran that. That was a five k, and I ran that in, uh, like twenty five minutes. Uh huh. Five k, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, so that does that be right. about eight minute pace, eight minute. Moments? No, no, no. Wasn't okay. twenty five minutes. It was under thirty. It's like twenty seven minutes. Okay. And okay. so it was. It was, a it was around a nine minute pace. But I was. I was wiped out like i was panting and but by the way i'd run i just run that 15 um that that half marathon at a nine minute pace uh-huh. and i was uh, th- for the last seven miles but man this three i was it was just under maybe nine i was out of it I and mean, I, we haven't gotten pretty drunk night before <laughs> but seven minute mile is a really fast like do you how do you start jogging like that that was always the hardest part of jogging for me is oh. the walking out in your front yard and then going, going from standing still to jogging. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Sometimes I
3: think just like a nice easy warm up is good where you start out really slow. Maybe even start walking and then kinda of easy.
1: So into do it. you do you like so like do you drive your car to go? Why would you drive your car? You're gonna run fucking twenty miles. Why would you just fucking jog to the run that yeah. you want to do? We've done that in the past
3: when we live further from like good running trails, but now we live up by the Phoenix Mountain Preserve, so like the, the good trails start within a mile of our house. So we just like run to the trailhead and then kind of get up in there. And is it nicer? It. Is it nicer living out here as a runner? Yeah, we love it. It's uh, I mean, getting used to the heat is definitely a bit of a challenge, yeah. but uh, and sunburn yeah yeah (laughs) but uh yeah we've been we've been we came here in january so we've kind of been slowly adapting uh to the heat and uh um it's actually works out well for us because western states can get above 100 degrees in the canyon sections on that race so it'll be good for us to be training in some really hot days to be oh that's
1: great Mm -hmm. holy shit so so maybe you guys should come down and run the marathon with me with me and ari well that's what i was thinking like if we're going to get you under 430, you're going to need
3: a pacer to kind of keep you on. Oh, bro. No. I'm not fucking letting you pace me at all.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if I'm going to coach you through this, I need to be there to...
1: to Get things going when needed. Oh <laughs> fuck! Do you realize what you like? Like you're like you forget you're dealing with a fucking Hollywood elite snob <laughs> who's fucking Zach. Uh, this is over. It's not fun anymore. Okay, you understand me? don't give a shit, Zach. <laughs> Be losing my fucking mind. Ari, I, I don't know why I signed up for this fucking thing. I've got my whole life planned out. This is so stupid. This is stupid. This well, is everything stupid. Need someone
3: to record your, the full experience for you. So yeah, that's, yeah.
1: That's where my role. I'll be the cameraman I'll get okay (laughs) let's plan this out so we'll find the most beautiful easy marathon okay like nothing like the some guy was like I ran the great wall of China marathon I was like oh yeah fuck that (laughs) I was like wait does the wall go downhill he's like no no definitely not you climb up and I was like that's not happening I had I gave Ari a list of all these like great great marathons Uh uh-huh and he's like oh too many to choose from and then I was like and then I was like, oh, what about the, this one in Hawaii? He was like, I want to get out of this world. I want to go somewhere crazy. Uh-huh. And so uh, I don't know if Ari's going to train for it. Oh, uh, well, we need to get Ari on board with the program so yeah. that he's ready
3: to break four and a half as well. And then we can have a competition. Four and a half is a 10-minute mile. Yep, right about there.
1: And how could you, could you physically slow yourself down to a 10-minute oh, sure. mile? No doubt. And what would you just be like? You probably wouldn't break a sweat.
3: Uh, well, it will depends on how hot it is. If it's cool, probably not. But if it's like if it gets up above seventy or eighty, I'll probably a little
1: How much do you think I need to weigh to get to this pace?
3: Um I honestly don't know if you couldn't do it at your current weight. What we'd be looking for is a body composition change probably though, so like you have more working weight for you as opposed to just like dead weight more or less. <laughs>
1: that's the name of my next special. <laughs> dead weight. Dead weight. <laughs> well, <laughs> like if, if, that is om- almost ominous. <laughs> it, and if, what I have is dead weight. If this works really well, your fans
3: are gonna start calling you Fit Bert instead of Fat Burt.
1: Mm. Drop the A and F. No, I. that's not happening. <laughs> this fucking dickhead was. I was at the Dodgers game with my kids, and he was like, "Oh my god, the machine! Can I get a picture?" And you know, like you're like cool. Like I got my kids with me. I was like, "Yeah, sure, man." And he goes, "Do you want to?" If I do a we take a picture he goes, you mind if I do a snap and I was like no and he puts a snap on and he's like you're fat as fuck and I was like oh thanks bro and then he just walked away I was like he didn't like you didn't see my kids and then my youngest daughter Ida, goes what was that your boyfriend And I was like Jesus I'm getting it from everybody yeah I, I would I would like to uh, I got to get my body weight down so I'm going full fat
3: full fat full fat and protein for like three four weeks so we get it I just want to Get that that thing set, and then once we kind of get. Will we be
1: losing weight during those three or four weeks?
3: We could. Like, I'm 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 a lot less interested about your actual weight going down on the scale as I am about just like body composition. Like my jeans being looser. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't. I doubt that we'd have a scenario where you wouldn't lose weight. Just in in the in the context of what will probably happen. Because I mean, we're training for a marathon, so it's not like we're trying to get you to be like as strong as possible, which is in that scenario, it would maybe be a more of a trade off for like muscle for fat type of a thing. Um, so I think you'll probably lose a good portion of weight. Um, what was it that you weighed before you guys, you and Tom did the weight loss challenge? I think two sixty. Okay. So you're still way below that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you did a good job of keeping it off for the most part.
1: Yeah. I, this marathon is the, I've been putting it back on slowly Uh because of the marathon and my running has been less, uh, it's been more like, uh, like I, I think it's I think it's the road is really fucked me up. Again, going on the road, I uh-huh. get into hotels and like today was my only workout of the weekend. But it was yeah. like I go in to do press on Friday on Thursday, and of course I I don't I I went to the Dodgers game Wednesday night. Drove all night through the I, someone drove me all the night to get here to do oh, press. Well. Didn't sleep, did press. They had drinks there. I have a cocktail. I come back. I sleep all fucking day. Get up, do two shows, stay out late, go back into press. One of my buddies is there. We end up having a cocktail. I then go into a barbecue restaurant, Porkopolis, shout out to Brady. Yeah. And then I have some beers there. Come back and sleep. And this morning was the first morning where I woke up and I went, Okay, I feel normal. I didn't I didn't stay out too late last night. I ended up getting high instead of drunk. And then I was like, I'm gonna go for a run today. Uh-huh. And uh and and that was like the the ba- the hardest that, that was the only time I worked out so when I'm home I'll get back on schedule very quickly well, traveling is tough and Nicole does quite a bit of traveling for her job so she'll yeah. fly and then that's always the hardest do you run thing. in the do you run in the cities like you go to
0: yeah so um, the last two weeks and Zach has to put up with, with me for that because I feel your pain I, I that's the hardest part for me with training is traveling oh. like so I was actually this sounds um, I was in Hawaii two weeks ago for work all week and so that just throws you off with the time zone and like figuring out where to train. It's beautiful, but you just have a weird schedule. You have a lot of dinners and meet people. you're a just, lawyer? Yeah. I what work at a law? consulting company, so I do employee benefits, um, and we just help with compliance. Um, so... The next, this past week, I was in Indianapolis, and then I flew to Philadelphia. So going east coast, I really hate because you're three hours yeah. earlier. So trying to get up. So yeah, I I really struggle traveling. So do you
1: do you, tra- do you train on the road though? Yeah. And so, like, what what did you do in Hawaii? Like you would.
0: So Hawaii was easier because they have pretty good hills, and I was able to get in some good workouts. Um, and I was able to kind of keep on my schedule pretty well there. Um, this week, Zach helps me. So Zach coaches me um, and he helps me a lot with my runs. So he planned it. So I had trained hard for the past three weeks and then I had what was called a deload week where really? I really didn't do a lot of running at all in Philadelphia because I knew I was gonna be stuck in like 10 hour meetings and have a dinner and things like that. Cause we had kind of internal trainings. And now, things. what's the,
1: what is the, now is the, purpose of a deload week is it allow the recovery of your muscles? (laughs) Yeah, so it basically the way it works because I'll say that it's not to interrupt you but like I'll say that like it's weird. I did that that three mile four mile run on that on that treadmill Uh the other day and I didn't work out for two days, and my legs were like fucking monstrous. They felt like, they were sore the next day, but they felt great the day after that. Uh-huh. So it was a deload week, like three weeks hard, and then give yourself a week to like, f- like
3: feel great. Yeah, usually what'll happen is like, Like the idea with endurance running and probably any type of work, like real training is we want to kind of micro stress your system so that you, your body realizes it wants to get a little stronger, but not so much that you're just wrecked. So we're going to just kind of like continue, like work at that for like a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. And then you'll get to a point where like you've done quite a bit of work and it's time to kind of hit the reset button a little bit. And then we'll drop your volume and intensity down. Um, Some, sometimes About 50% is usually a good number. It really depends on kind of where you're at and stuff like that. So like for you like when with with Nicole when I plan out her training and stuff a lot of times what we do is we look at her work schedule so if she's got a week like this last week where she's gonna be on the road and it's like meeting heavy and she's got to start early and end late yeah we're gonna like go really hard for like two weeks or so leading into that so that when she gets to the end of that week and leaves for the trip she hardly even wants to run while she's there
1: <laughs> see that's what so, so I'm super impulsive I'm mm-hmm. super compulsive I'm su- like I've got I've got the the I've got a, the, a a little bit of a fucked up brain when it comes to that. <laughs> so like, I was looking at these next three weeks coming up, going like, oh, I'm going hard. Yeah. Like as soon as you say, I go hard reset, got that. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to be running hard during this hard reset because uh-huh. I, I just have. I mean, I do podcasts and like meetings and stuff. But if you give me a period where I don't have to travel, I, I don't drink normally. Oh, okay, so cool. like I won't drink. I'll drink when we go to Mammoth, but like I won't drink during the week. I'll, I like to get up early with my girls. I really like to get up early. At like like uh the other day I got up at like 545 made the girls breakfast went over to Starbucks got a coffee uh, walked for a mile drink, drinking my coffee and then ran five and then came back and then it's like the, t- uh, the girls are getting ready to go to school and, but then I've like I got depressed like do you ever feel like do you ever do you ever feel like you go on a jog and then you go or I went for an hour and a half jog or whatever right uh-huh. and then you go like Fuck what am I gonna do the rest of the day <laughs> like my jog is over.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, It I think it depends a little bit on like where you are in your training sometimes like I'll feel like that if I'm like Doing a deload week or a post race. I'm trying to recover i yeah. you kind of miss it and you want to get back But you know you should probably wait to let everything like mentally and physically kind of recenter um but, yeah, so yeah, especially if you're yeah, if, if I have a stretch where I'm not quite as busy, then it's harder because then you're more or less thinking about it. Yeah. But, you know, then you'll have a stretch where you get really busy, so it's, like, you start to appreciate it then. So you're like, all right, cool, I have a little bit of
1: downtime. You know, oh, and this is stuff. my jog. <laughs> yeah. What's, how much time should you take between jogs? Do you Should you t- take, like, a full 24 hours or, like – It depends, like
3: – it depends where you're at. Like Does that matter at all? Uh, it does to some degree. Like, once you start getting, like – like a little more advanced, or I've done been doing it for a few years. You'll do like Nicole and I will run twice a day sometimes. Really? hmm Yeah, we'll do like two a days. Oh, uh, I'm doing two days. Yeah, you want to get to that, right? I want to do two days. <laughs> we can we can see if we can get to that in your schedule. I think it would get maybe near near the middle or the two thirds in or so would be. At my
1: at my fittest, I was 186 pounds. Okay. No, I mean I, I was as, as an adult. I uh-huh. was I was very in shape all growing up. But once I started comedy, I started staying out late, eating shit, drinking. Yeah. And so, at my fittest, I was 186 pounds. Right when I met my wife, and I would do spin class in the morning, and then a jog at night. And it was, and I, I was jogging at night through uh, Runyon Canyon. I'd run from my house to Runyon Canyon, up Runyon Canyon, down, and back to my house. Uh huh. And I was like a fucking bunny i was jumping (laughs) around and i was like i don't feel like i'm getting any of a workout like i gotta push it harder yeah and uh and then my wife got pregnant And fucking had a kid, and I just put on the weight with her. We both got fat as fuck, but she got had a baby, <laughs> and then she lost all the weight, and I had it. I was like, she gave birth to a child, and I was like, oh, I'm still fat. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I want to get back to two days. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, we can get you
3: there. And then sometimes it comes down to two, like what's easiest for your schedule and wrapping your head around. So, like as we get into the program, too, if it's like makes more sense to do like a little less than the morning, so you have more energy to do a second one in the afternoon, um, that works out sometimes as well a lot of times it's just planning around lifestyle like you know when when i'm coaching people a lot of times the first thing we look at is like well what's your daily schedule look like and uh then we decide like whether we want to put in like a single run or a two a day and stuff like that but um yeah one thing you want to keep in mind with like the marathon is we do want to establish like this this feel of like being able to kind of go out for a longer run Mm -hmm. so usually like in most programs you're going to see like about once a week um, and then sometimes it comes down during like the deload week, but we start building in that long run. So you start like kinda, to find long run. Um, usually, like uh, most marathon training plans, like you'll get the long, you get to about maybe 18 miles as your longest long run.
1: Holy shit!
3: Um, but you kind of build up to it slowly. And some there's some programs where I shouldn't even say 18. There's definitely some where it's like closer to 16. Yeah. Um, but you've ran a marathon before, so it's not like it's. it's completely unfamiliar territory for you
1: 17 miles is a in my opinion is a comfortable distance to call it quits yeah yeah (laughs) like at 17 miles i realized i still had nine miles to go and uh, the thought in my head was i don't normally run nine miles and I've just run 17, uh-huh. but I don't normally run nine. I still have to do nine more fucking miles. Yeah. And that fucked with my head. <laughs> 17 miles is when it got in my head. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Does it ever yeah, get in your head? That's that's the hard part of the race.
3: Like, And then if you just look at it... Like if it's an ultra marathon, that just happens like later on, but you get to that point where you've been out there long enough where you definitely feel the race, you feel the hurt, but there's still enough left where you're like, oh man, like, I mean, nine miles is nine miles, right? So nine miles is <laughs> nine miles to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And so if you're hurting a bit, then it gets hard to kind of wrap your head around it. So that's when you got to try to compartmentalize and think like, I'm not going to think of nine miles. I'm going to think of that next aid station.
1: That's I wish I you had told, I wish I had heard that before because that's such an easier way because I was doing that. but. But I wasn't doing that in the end of the race. Uh huh. It it gets harder at the end, too, because you
3: start, like, once you start really wearing out, your brain, like, kind of wants you to stop. It's trying to get you to slow down. And then you kind of got to try to override that. And then sometimes those micro goals kind of help out with that.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the, my thing in this one was get to the comedy store. Comedy store was 13 miles. Uh huh. I was like, get to the comedy store, you're halfway done. Yeah. And I got to the comedy store and I felt fucking great. (laughs) And I left the guy I was running with, I left and I was like, he was like, I gotta walk. And I was like, I'm not fucking walking. I feel good. <laughs> and I kept on. But at 17, it was when we started getting into the parts of LA, like the really ugly parts of LA. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck, no more downhill. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so when you, when, uh, what was your pace pretty even throughout or did you slow down quite a bit at the end? So or? I
1: was running, um, I was running at, I want to say, and I, 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 po- I actually have the, the so interesting, that was the most downloaded uh or viewed picture I've ever had on Instagram oh, really? it was my marathon. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy cuz you're like I guess because all my friends said I couldn't do it. I oh, shouldn't so say everyone
3: was paying attention then.
1: Yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> say that they said I couldn't do it. Joe said I could do it, but he said Joe Joe's, Joe's bet was actually the most sound. He was like, you, you can't do a five-hour marathon. And I was like, I think I can. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, you can't. And I was trying to do the math in my head because I was like... And and I th- I think I was on pace for a five-hour marathon up to like probably... Definitely up to 13 miles. Okay. And then I think... And then yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I ran my first 13 miles, I ran faster than I ran my my half marathon. Okay. And so I was like, oh, I got this. But at 20 is when it really fucked me up. Yeah. And I had to start walking, running, walking, running, just to because my calves were seizing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and I I had to stop and stretch my calves. And I mean, I watched people fall off to the side. Yeah. It's a real it's a real exp- human experiment to watch people run a marathon. Yeah. Like there could be I wish I had a better joke about it. I don't have any fucking joke about it. like you think you'd do it and you'd like you'd be like, "Oh, I got a joke in here."
3: Yeah. Well, the funny thing too is like we were watching the California International Marathon this year and we were standing at what was like 18 miles or so. So it's at that point where people either start to kind of fall apart or kind of start being like I want to bring this home. And it was so funny to watch like you'd see all these you'd see people some people would be like leaning way back. You could tell like they're going to have a rough last 8 miles. Oh, and some people yeah. were like ready just to charge in and you're like, "All right, they paced it just right."
1: It's funny it's my funny running my running is different when I run a marathon. I run on my toes more. Uh-huh. Like I like is there a proper my dad used to say it was like heel toe heel toe well so really what you want to look
3: for is uh, that your foot is landing underneath a bent knee because then you're going to be kind of you think of your leg as like a three foot shock absorber your foot
1: is landing under a bent knee yeah okay. so
3: it's when it gets way out in front of your knee which it kind of looks like a little check mark if it gets way out in front That's where you want to try to avoid because what that's doing is it's sending some of those impact forces up into like your Knees and your hips and you want to avoid that
1: my hips hurt so fucking bad the next day
3: Oh really after well after a marathon. I mean, yeah. I think you're just gonna have like soreness anyway Like there's really oh my it's God. hard hard
1: to avoid that here. I'll tell you what um, my pace was um I wish it, how, how long is 20k I was doing 12 minute miles 12 and a half miles yeah, I was doing twelve minute miles, a little over twelve minute miles, uh up until thirty K.
3: Okay. And so that's th- about eighteen At thirty
1: K I went to fourteen minute miles. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the last my average pace for the entire race was twelve minutes. Okay. Twelve minute miles. No, wait, no, wait. 12 minutes and 44 seconds. Okay. But the, I went to 14-minute miles and 13-minute miles. Uh-huh. Like, that's when it, when I started just hurting, and I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Well, that's not a too big of a depreciation, actually.
3: Like, it's sometimes when you look at, like... Really maximizing a race, you don't necessarily want to see a race where you're speeding up the whole time and, and going your fastest at the end because that might mean oh. that you left too
1: much in the tank. Oh, let me sh- let me tell you my fucking half. Mar- oh, I didn't. I left when I did that half marathon. I left nothing in the tank. <laughs> I left nothing in the tank. I think mean, my heart rate was like one eighty when I finished. Yeah, like I was you're, fucking. You're I was in. flying. <laughs> I was done. I, let me tell you something. Anyone who plans a fucking race, that back and forth shit that sucks. <laughs> in the in the, the St. Pete one, you ran a beautiful. Loop really cool, uh-huh. and then you go out to this island and then back. I'm uh-huh. like, ugh, I already <laughs> saw this. I just <laughs> want to do one full track, one big that, loop. That was what was cool about LA is it was all the way there, and it was really great. I got it. Hats off to the LA planners of the marathon. Is the last mile, um you hit the the one, the 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 one, the PCH. Uh-huh. So you hit it. And you turn and you see the ocean. Like you hit the ocean and then you're running along the ocean. And that was really great because you're like, it's fucking beautiful. It's like, I bet I could plan an amazing fucking marathon. Yeah. Like I bet I could. I bet I could go in and just give you visuals. Like that's what you want is these, to to hit a turn and go, whoa, like breathtaking visuals. Uh Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. I always think, I think some of the planning with that stuff gets kind of, it gets like they have to do a lot of work with like the city to get like permits for certain streets and things So sometimes they run into hiccups with that and that's why you end up getting some of those goofy like out-and-back type setups Because it was the only route the city would let them kind of shut traffic horrible. down Horrible, but yeah Like if you can plan a good beautiful route then like people will come and find it If
1: you could plan that. a race what would what kind of race would you plan um say they say they had they had your your race like all sponsors said we want the Zach does that what would be the distance? Oh, man. If I just had to do one, then I'd probably do a
3: 100-mile race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you do a 100. Which is just a horrible idea in terms of a planning one. <laughs> Where would you have it? Harder. Where would you have it? Uh, that's a good Anywhere question. in the world. Anywhere in the world. Uh, oof, Let's see. Probably, you know, I This is probably going to sound This is probably I'm probably going to like limit my attendance this i really like desert trails really so i would probably do something around this type of area
1: you like desert trails like yeah. like the ones through the through the hills and stuff or just straight desert
3: uh through the hills for sure like i want some climbing and descending in there yeah but i want it to be runnable like not super technical where you have to have a really good technical running skill set um
1: there's actually what's a, a technical running skill set. so
3: like if there's a bunch of like rocks and varied yeah. terrain where you have to like able to really step through things really well okay like especially when you get really steep downhills with that type of terrain that's where like you have to really practice that to get good at it
1: yeah what were you you said there's a there's a you were about to say and i oh
3: yeah there's a there's a race um there's a race organization around this area called arabipa running and they do an awesome job they've got about 26 ultra events a year so it's one almost every other weekend mm-hmm. and they have everything from like 10 kilometers up to like 100 mile stuff on a lot of their events so like you can do a trail marathon a trail half a trail 10k a 50k a 50 mile and they have all these all around the year and they do one uh that's called um Javelina 100 and it's uh it's like this 20 mile loop and you kind of you go around one way and then you go around the other way and then you do that like five times oh, fuck that. <laughs> but it's like this kind of like I like it because it's not it's it's got some slight hills and slight descents but not so much that you feel like you're really doing a whole lot of climbing and descending so you can really just run the whole time if you really? really yeah um, but it's also it, it, it's in October so it can get goofy where like some years it might get you get a little overcast and be only 80 at the high but then like two years ago I did it and it was 102 at the peak of the day so you have to like really manage your like cooling and hydration and stuff at that
1: point too. So it's just The kinda, LA Marathon was perfect weather. Was it? Yeah. Oh, Something that one perfect. gets hot. I think it the was year like,
3: before it was like 90, wasn't oh, it? Oh,
1: I want to say it was like 65. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It was perfect. It was <laughs> sunny, it was beautiful, it was perfect. But yeah, I don't know. I I I want to I want to run the gamut. I want to run all the races one more time. I want to go and do a 5k, a 10k, uh, a half marathon, a marathon—is that the races? Is that how it goes? Five k, ten k. Yeah, that for the for the more traditional ones. Yeah, for yeah. the more traditional mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. And then I, and then I and then I'm gonna do. Oh, I'm also gonna try to do the uh, Malibu triathlon. Oh, cool! But it's like a sprint triathlon, so you swim half a mile, uh-huh. you run a five k, and then you bike like twelve miles or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, that seems like it'd be. I just gotta. I gotta find out if I can swim. To half, half a mile, mile. Yeah. I don't that's really fucking hard yeah yeah it's re- that's that's swimming is tough swimming's yeah. <laughs> really and I was a swimmer in college I in high school uh-huh. I swam for the swim team but but like I I was well, in, you probably
3: can then because it's a lot of technique I think yeah well like, I'm so a, I'm I'm the a the very technique. I'm a
1: very tech I mean I'm a very good swimmer meaning I was a good swimmer I still have the technique uh-huh however I did a run um I do a run in and Clearwater. It's a four-mile run down to this private uh, island called Caladesi uh-huh. from my beach house. So I do the run. I come back, and then I'm like, I'm going to see. I've got the current going with me. I'm going to see if I can swim. I'm going to do it barefoot. I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to see if I swim two miles back uh-huh. like an idiot, like a fucking <laughs> idiot. And I get in the water, and I start swimming. And... I realize I'm a little further from the shore than I'm comfortable being and I'm out of breath to the point where I'm like, "Fuck! I don't know if I can make it back to the shore." <laughs> and then I got to the shore and I couldn't run back. Oh I was no! Going, and I had to walk home. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like soaking wet. Like I got dropped off. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. uh Do you have ever? Do you ever have any like aspirations to do anything? Does Does anything come up and you're like, "Oh, that would be cool to do." Like, uh, like when you first heard a tough Mudder you're like, "Oh, we should try yeah. one of those."
3: Yeah, I would like to do something like that. Some obstacle course racing things. I think that'd be fun. I bet you'd
1: fly through those fucking
3: things. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it. I it would have to be a really long one. I think.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they to keep.
3: The, they do that one. That's uh, it's was it the world's toughest mudder where it's twenty four hours
1: and you see how far you can get in twenty four hours. Jesus and they have like a five mile track. track. What the fuck goes on in your brain? Like that's so. I always go. Wonder if they have a. Wonder what the shortest the one they sh-
3: have. <laughs> you see the problem is like the shorter the distance, the worse I get in terms of
1: being able to compete, so <laughs> oh <laughs> oh your strength is, yeah. is is fucking outlasting every like, human being in the course. <laughs> <laughs> they've got one in Hawaii coming up that I tried to get Ari and Joe and Tom to do uh-huh. um it's I think it's the I want to say it's the tough mutter of the Spartan race, mm-hmm. and they've got an ultra in there, yeah, it's an ultra uh tough mutter. Where I I, I, for, I want to say it's Tough Mudder. I sent it to those guys. I wonder if I have the thing. But uh, there's a marathon one, and then there's like an ultra where it's like, I think it's 50, but I don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that one, I, but it'd be fun, I bet. Yeah. I bet you Joe would be good at a really short Tough Mudder, like a short obstacle course one. Yeah, he doesn't have the Mickey Mantle gene. Th- that's the problem,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Joe's got. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. You have to have you coach him through it, then. Joe's so fucking intense, and I know he doesn't want. He would probably wouldn't want me to say this, but like we went to hot yoga together, uh-huh. and he is so like his intensity is like it. Ne- like, like I fuck around. Like Segura and I fuck around a lot, and so like even in in hot yoga, Segura would fuck around to the point where. Like, I'm dying laughing. Like, and you're not supposed to talk during hot yoga at do you, all. Do you ever just like fart on purpose just to see if people like... No, no. There was this one time where this guy was giving this speech about his son. And and Tom's... We're doing hot yoga. And we're on the we're on the, the floor poses where you're laying face forward and your arms drop by your side. The guy gives this, tells a story about his son. And then he just goes on to the next move. And he just doesn't finish the story. It's silent in there. And Suguru goes... uh hey, what happened to your kid? And he's like, well, I'm sorry. What? Like, you're not supposed to talk. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, you never finished your story, man. Like, what happened with your kid? And he goes, oh, that was the end of it. And he goes, oh. And, and I am dying laughing. But we did hot yoga with Joe, me, and Ari and Tom. And Ari fucks around. Ari fucks around, too. Like, touching your hand. Like, when you're close, Ari will grab your hand and hold it. And uh, But Joe's so fucking, he's doing all the moves. He can do all the fucking moves. Yeah. And he's like, like, leg kicked out and Ari and Tom and I are like barely holding our knee like there's one where you're supposed to kick your and hold your foot Joe is kicked out like an L and me Tom and Ari me Tom and Ari are just holding our knees going "This is, she said you could also do it this way and then we get out and Joe's like was that your fucking breathing and I was like I was like yeah by the way I've done I had done Twelve classes with Tom. Twelve, cl- and he never once mentioned my breathing. Joe does one class. And he goes, "Is that your fucking breathing?" And I go, "Yeah." Why? He goes, "Bro, you need to see a doctor." He's like, "That is aggressive breathing." But yeah, yeah. Joe would be. Uh, I, I, I think Joe's. I, I really think Joe's building to that. I think he's running a lot, uh-huh. and I bet, I bet deep down inside in his head, he's like, "I'm just, I'm gonna," because you know he has a sincere admiration for guys like you and Cam and. Um, and the guy who ju- he just had oh, his podcast, David Goggins, David Goggins uh-huh. and like the way your brains work is the same way I think Joe's brain works. Oh yeah. So he's got that itch. He's <laughs> like, he definitely <laughs> likes to test himself, likes to push himself. He doesn't work out light. Like he doesn't uh-huh. do anything light. He doesn't do one thing in his fucking life light. <laughs> Smoke, he even smokes weed with intensity. <laughs> like he works. He works like a, He works his ass off. He's at the store every fucking night. I, mean, I remember I look at his schedule. And by the way, these are all stuff where he just he would not acknowledge that he is that he is as as has. He would not acknowledge that there's anything different with him. He's like I'm just like everyone else. Like, I'm, and I'm part of me is like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> you gets up early, makes breakfast with his kids, uh, does a goes to hot yoga or goes running in the hills or practices archery and then goes and does a three hour podcast. Then comes back, picks his kids up from school, cooks them dinner, does another workout with kettlebells, weights, or whatever. Then goes to this, puts his kids to bed, cooks himself an elk, comes back, <laughs> goes to the store, does three sets of the store maybe bangs over to the Hollywood Improv and then goes home wakes up again the next day at 6am I'm like what the fuck like (laughs) I get my ass kicked when I do one podcast and have to do a set at night I'm like are (laughs) you kidding me but yeah he's he's, I think you know I'll put it this way he doesn't from what I know of Joe he doesn't bring things into his podcast that aren't things that he thinks really wants to talk about yeah that he really wants to talk about and he wants and I think you know cam and him are really tight yeah and i think i'm sure cameron haynes has got is like i bet you could do it i bet joe's just, just i wouldn't away. be shocked if he just one day just was like i'm running an ultra marathon and he's been training him for it the whole time yeah, He
3: secretly all, all yeah.
1: just prepared <laughs> yeah and you know i think that part of what i i i identify with in joe that i is this like i don't know like kind of i like the idea of Testing yourself. Uh I like the idea of finding out where you are.
3: Well, I think humans crave that to some degree. Some some don't. Well, some some I think they just don't know because they get really comfortable, and then well, I mean, there's certainly ones that are just like never gonna really try to pursue anything. But sometimes I think that kind of feeds on itself. Like you get comfortable, and then that like breeds laziness. But then you get like if you can get that ball rolling, it kind of seems to snowball sometimes. Cause I mean yeah. that's kind of like like uh, David Goggins where he was had the hard time kind of getting the ball rolling at first. Then once he did, and now that guy's like pull up champion
1: slash ultra marathon enthusiast. He's he's <laughs> I, I man, there's a lot of you guys that I listen to and I go, and you're saying stick in my head. Like the one thing David Goggins said was like embrace the suck. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, because if you just say the suck isn't that bad, then it then you can do it. Uh-huh. And I kept saying that, embrace the suck, and then when that my calves seized up, I was like, oh, I, I don't think he was talking about this. Yeah, this is a different kind of suck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, maybe we'll get Joe to run the marathon with us.
3: Yeah, yeah. So is it just Ari and you right now, or is Tom yeah. doing it
1: too? Oh, no, Tom is too overweight. He won't be, ever be able to do anything physical. <laughs> that fat fuck. He. Uh, no, he, Tom, no, Tom, this is, this is my impression of Tom. Um, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, I know, but we're all, gonna, yeah, but I have no interest in it. Do- like, like you know, people that go, like, uh, like I remember one time I was like, I said to my buddy, I go, I, I want to go skydiving. This is a long time ago. We were in Barcelona, and I was like, I want to go skydiving, and he goes, Yeah, I don't. And I went, What do you mean? He goes, I really have no interest in ever doing that. I don't, I don't care about doing that. And I went, Oh, and I was like, Oh yeah, some people don't have interest in stuff. Tom has no interest in anything other than. Like he does not want to run a marathon. Okay. Like he, I. Like he's like, yeah, I have no interest in that. Like I, I, I talked to him about it because I was like, why don't we do a marathon or something together? And he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Ari, on the other hand, is like,
3: yeah, oh, I'd try that. Maybe he wants to do the hard reset challenge though.
1: Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> he would by the way that's right up his alley yeah. if you can if you can include uh, Hershey's Kisses in that <laughs> he has a problem with is he, that his vice dude you gotta go if you eat with this guy he makes play, like you think Like, he's eating hubcaps. Like, there is so big plates. And he's like, so much fucking food on a plate. And he's just like, he's like, all right. And you're like, Tom, this is like, there's two steaks on here. He made me two steaks and shrimp and a piece of chicken. I go, how many fucking proteins are we eating? He eats like fucking crazy. He's getting better now. Um, I think he's put on a little weight, too. Since the challenge? Both of us. uh, Because you guys are both just under 220, right? for the challenge? Is yeah, that- we. I, I think so. think Tom was, yeah, I think we were both under, two, I was 219 maybe. Uh-huh. I got down to 217 walking around weight and uh, and then getting ready for my special, working out became less of a focus. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit, um, I haven't, I haven't I, like, th- I joke about the Mickey Mantle gene, but there is a part of the Mickey Mantle gene that's very real and that is being hyper-focused on something. Uh-huh. So like when we did the weight loss challenge, um, I was in the middle of a sitcom development and uh, and I just didn't do it. And like I was, and my managers called my wife and they're like, Hey, you need to get Bert to focus on this sitcom. This is a great opportunity. And they're like, she's like, yeah, you, you don't know Bert very well. He, she's like, all he cares about is beating Tom in this weight loss challenge. So I let a sitcom go so that I could beat Tom in it. But for me, <laughs> That's where my passion lied, and yeah. I was obsessive. I uh-huh. brought my calorie intake to under a thousand, yeah. And I'd and I'd walk at least seven miles a day. Sometimes I walked a marathon one day, like all throughout yeah. the day. I'd just get on the treadmill, not in, in real life. Right, in just broke a broken. Marathon. Just broke it up, yeah. just broke it up all day. I just get on the treadmill, and I was hyper focused. I, I was, um, <laughs> I was and, and not healthy, not in a very healthy way. Like I would, I would look at it and I would go. I go, okay, I haven't had that many calories today. I was like, if I could just get to bed, I'd be like, that perfect. So then I'd eat an ambient and just go to bed. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, all right, the day's done, I won. I walked 13 miles, I barely had any food, had to eat an Ambien, I just went to bed. Then I wake up the next day, I'm like, all right, I've already got a jump on this day, I've had no calories, and I didn't have calories from yesterday. All right, like it's a weird fucking way to look at it's not healthy. Because well, you kind of did the crash
3: course. Like, I lost forty pounds in minute. thirty days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is really tough. Yeah, so that's where like I'm actually surprised that you didn't gain a
1: bunch of weight after that because like. Uh, well, I kept, in a weird way, I kind of kept with like these. Eight-minute the fasting. I well, I I. I, I stopped eating bread altogether. Oh yeah, bread that really helped mm-hmm. bread and pasta. I didn't, eat, and then recently I started to have bread, and I find that bread makes me feel very bloated. Yeah, like uh-huh. I eat bread and I'm almost like burping and just like ugh. And I love pasta, but I don't ever eat pasta anymore. Like I don't. I haven't had pasta in forever. Last time I had pasta was you'll hear this on stage was at my daughter's period party. Uh huh. Yeah, she had a period party for a period when I mean, she got her period, and she had we had. You'll hear it on stage tonight. It's a lot funnier than I'm pitching it now, but uh, but uh, yeah. So I I I I'm ready for this hard reset. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna start it now. Well, and the cool thing about it too is like it's not like you have to restrict
3: how much you eat, so you don't you don't sit there and wonder about oh I'm 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 hungry but I can't eat. And the foods you're eating are so, like, savory and satiating because they're just, like, high-fat, like, fatty meat cuts and stuff. Yeah. So, And the other thing, too, is a lot of times what you see with problem with people gaining weight is there's this thing called palate fatigue. And palate fatigue comes when you're eating kind of the same thing for a while. Your body eventually kind of says, like, all right, I've had enough of that. And then you just don't have any interest in eating more. But what happens is people will be eating something and then all of a sudden they'll switch to like this sugary beverage or something like that. And all of a sudden that resets their palate fatigue. So then they go back to start eating the thing that they were already full of before. So when you kind of like just, just uh, like whittle it down to something really simple, like eat as much fatty meat as I, as I need to feel satiated and then stop and then wait until I'm hungry again and do it over again, you kind of, do, you, you, you break out that opportunity to kind of like respike your appetite artificially yeah so and it's like people people think like oh man that's gonna be so mundane but like when you think of like eggs and bacon like nice cuts of steak Fucking starving talking to you by the way (laughs) i'm like fuck i wonder
1: what i'm gonna go eat now
3: (laughs) briskets like yeah so um it's actually once you start looking at what you can have and so many people i think they still get hung up on like oh fat's bad for you or like uh red meat is bad for you and Um, It's just that's simply not true, especially when it's like you're kind of the only thing you're really eating. Um, It's just so it's so filling and so satisfying. Like you don't feel like like back when I used to be like higher carb or high carb, like I'd have these situations where I would train really hard and I would eat so much to try to like kind of catch up on calories that I'd be full like my stomach would be full but I would still have hunger pangs and I was like this is weird like that shouldn't happen like if my stomach is full and feels full I should be like satisfied so that's one of the first things I noticed when I started kind of the high fat like I would eat enough where I was satisfied but I didn't feel like I was full or bloated I felt like oh if I had to go for a runner right now I could do it Whereas before it'd be like, you'd feel so like kind of stuff like, it's like just the fact, just the thought of running would be like,
1: Oh man, I'm going to puke this up you if I even no, try to move. You have no idea. I know what it feels like to gain weight. Like I've been in situations where I go, Oh, I ate so much. I think I just gained weight. Yeah. Like where you go, like I'm burping up whatever I've eaten and I can't get my body right. Like I have to lean a certain way so I can get the burps out. Yeah. Oh, my new, one of my new, uh, one of my new diet fads is, uh-huh. um, called tight jeans so i just put on tight jeans and so i feel really uncomfortable when i eat
3: so it's like it's kind of like a like what are those belts that people get put in their stomach to uh, oh like a lap band yeah Yeah, it's my lap band it's my
1: lap band Because that's all the technically a lap man is. It just makes you feel uncomfortable, and you eat too much. Yeah. And so I've been wearing really, really tight jeans. And so, so you, so you
3: know, the plan's working. If all of a sudden those tight jeans start feeling looser, right? So, you have to get so, tighter jeans. so
1: yesterday, yesterday I ate very little, right? I uh-huh. ate very little. I, I was trying, I'm trying to drop this ten pounds. Uh-huh. So I want to get back. To, I want to get below two twenty. Um, I want to get below two twenty. But, but I, I'm trying to do it healthy, meaning like not. Sure. I don't want my brain to like sustainably yeah like it's part of me yeah part of me just it yeah i want to get there healthy so what i did uh yesterday was um i ate at this barbecue place by just a few burnt ends which is i think is in my fucking new diet plan right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but i can't have barbecue sauce on them can i that you'd want to try to avoid that if you can't <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> and so i had some burnt ends you can add butter if you i want. had some chicken wings i can have chicken wings can i yeah, just try not to get the breaded ones. I'm not getting breaded. I, I'm fucking going to Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. Yeah, there you and go. And so um, load up on those; would be great. Oh fuck yeah! And so and then I had uh, I had some po- a poke burrito, but the rice. As soon as I had the rice, I felt like I fucking gained all my weight. Like a second, I had rice. Yeah, I felt bloated. You got to get the pokey with no rice. Just tell them no rice, extra vegetables. Yeah, and so then. But oh, yesterday, be- my tight jeans felt really loose, and I was like, "Cool." Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I can't wait to put them on tonight and see where they are. Yeah. But that's my like. That's how I'm judging my weight loss is by these tight jeans. That's a good way to do it because, like, yeah, you can get hung up at
3: looking at a st- scale, but you don't know if you're working out. Like, if you're gaining a little muscle, like, like I mean, if you look at one of the most interesting things with that in that like kind of concept is if you look at like five pounds of fat and then five pounds of muscle. The five pounds of fat takes up this big chunk. A volume and the, the muscles like this tiny little thing Yeah so when you think about that if you Gain five pounds of muscles and lose Five lose five pounds of fat like you might look like You lost like ten pounds Yeah but you really didn't lose any Because you added that five pounds of Muscle which takes up so much or such little Space
1: yeah I've also been uh, Like I figure I think I'm Trying to stay away because I get bloated really easily. Uh huh. And I think that's from, I don't, I think it's from traveling and not sleeping and flying. And, sure. It all like, kind of compile up. Oh, well, I get to the place where I got to do that ring trick where you take yarn and put it, string and put it around your finger to get your ring off. You ever done that? Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> you take, you take like, uh, like, Sewing string uh-huh. and you wrap it around your in front of your ring, really, 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 really tight to get push the swelling out. And then you know, you just get it really tight, yeah. Like, no, well, you just get it really tight in uh-huh. front of your ring, and then you take the yarn and, or the string and you put it under your ring oh. and you pull it. And it just starts unraveling under the ring, and the ring slowly moves forward. Oh, huh. I've had to do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish that this was opposite, and I had to take you into my lifestyle and do a reverse and be like, "All well, right, Zach, here we go. We're at the airport. We're gonna have a drink." And you're like, "What? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Try to mo- l- try not to talk to anybody because they're gonna notice we're, we've been drinking." <laughs> well, what we should do is if w-
3: we should set a benchmark for like either like gene size or weight or something and when you hit that benchmark I'll do a a day in the life of Bert and see if I
1: can last the whole day bro they don't have an ultra category for what I do (laughs) I might DNF for the day in the life of Bert oh Jesus that would be me like running the first part of the western 100 I go the the ski lift's enough for me (laughs) well you guys got a gondola oh I, I, I would fucking I would pay money to see someone try to like I've had I've had comics that go on the road with me, and like they're like I'm like, you're gonna stay out with me. We're gonna hang out, and you can see them by by Sunday when we're flying home. They're like, I'm ready to get the fuck away from you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, goes a little hard, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're driving back tonight, thank God. And then I gotta, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to drink tonight. On I, don't, I won't drink on stage, but oh, nice. The, how long have we been going? Oh. It is six oh six. Holy okay. shit, we've been going two hours. hours. Um I gotta All get ready American for my show. Podcasts.
3: Yeah, yeah, we probably should let you get um, ready so we don't we we would make a lot of enemies yeah. in our new hometown if we don't <laughs> keep Bert from getting to his show. No, what
1: time's the show tonight? Do you know?
3: I think it's seven or is it 730? seven thirty?
1: Is it seven thirty? Um yeah, so what was I saying? Um, God damn it! My brain is fried. Oh, the comics days. on the oh, you're, you're oh, driving back. Driving to back. I was gonna try not to drive I don't normally drink on stage. Uh, I'll have a drink on the Late Show when I start telling the Machine story. But uh, if I cannot drink on both shows, then and drive and get us home tonight, uh-huh. then I'm gonna get there and go for a jog when I get home. Okay, and like go for like a nice jog and or just
3: put those wild wings to work
1: yeah or 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 i'll have a cocktail a night and get hammered and let frank drive and i can drink the whole ride pass out the last three hours get up go back take a xanax sleep fucking i sound like a fucking drug addict i'm not but uh but we have a big party for my wife tomorrow okay oh for
3: mother's Day, Mother's day
1: yeah and so uh so we're having we have like 20 people coming to our house and I just dropped money, a bunch of money putting up televisions everywhere outside. Oh wow. So I'm like super excited to get in my pool. Uh-huh. So kind of want to have a cocktail, get in at six, get sun's coming up, get in my pool, turn on the TV, watch the fucking TPC, the end of the final round. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Okay. All right. Me, you and Ari, we'll see if we can incorporate Joe. Okay. Um, I probably, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Joe's just a tough one to lock down. He likes to do things <laughs> on his schedule. But me you and Ari will do a marathon. The four of us. Are you gonna you can. Well, the four of us will do a marathon. We'll find a really beautiful location, and we'll try. And I'm gonna I'm gonna reset. I'm gonna re do the hard reset starting now. Okay. Uh, not with the Tito's. Uh, separation starts on monday okay but like r- yeah 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 yeah. you gotta yeah. ease into that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't wanna you don't wanna t- t- hop off the titos right away that's super <laughs> dangerous so and i'm gonna do the hard reset starting now just high fatty meats good cuts of meat yep. just fucking meat some little bit of vegetables i'm not gonna overdo it yep you can do the three-fourths one-fourth plant yep. thing if you want i'm gonna eat uh, 10 wings and then I'll have a little bit of celery at the end perfect <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking excited this is gonna be great and so I'll get I'll get Ari on board and but how are we gonna train Ari you, fuck don't Ari, we're, Ari Ari's just gonna do no training
3: okay if he's gonna do the no training plan just, otherwise we can
1: get him set up too yeah he's in good shape he's in good like f- he's not physically fit Like, I had to explain to him that I'm in good shape and I'm fat, that he's in bad shape, but he's skinny. Yeah. Like, he was like, I I get winded doing this. And I was like, yeah, you smoke weed all the time. You are in bad shape. Like, you're not in good shape. He was like, but it doesn't make sense. You're fatter than me. How can you do stuff that I can't do? And I was like, because I'm in better shape. I'm an athlete. You're not an athlete. You're Jewish. So, (laughs) But... but yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll find a really beautiful. and, and what I'll do is I'll get us on a three way text, uh-huh. and I'll text cool marathons. That's one of my favorite things to do is look up marathons. Okay, look up marathons and guns these days. <laughs> I'll, I'll text us cool marathons. Uh, how far out should we look? Like,
3: um, I mean, ideally, I think six weeks at least would be would be like would give us the most
1: flexibility and doing a real good build up. So, six, but, so like four, Should I look for marathons happening in four months?
3: Or oh, I'm sorry, did I say six weeks? I meant yeah. six months.
1: Six months. I was like, so, six yeah. weeks. I, mean, I was we can like, long I mean, I can do I it can do no training again if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, you really are like, fucking. Are you kidding
3: yourself into? You're <laughs> a magic man. <laughs> six months would be perfect. Like we can kind of like go like a little okay. inside of that or outside. Six
1: months. I'll look for a marathon six months out. Mm-hmm. I'll look for somewhere. Do you have any priors? Do you have any, have you ever been arrested? Do you anything we need no, to worry about? No, okay, clean record at the moment. yeah. And I'll find something cool and beautiful and we'll all go out and do it. And we'll get Ari on a training program too. Uh, Like, his will be abbreviated, but we'll try to get to 10 minute miles. Perfect. All right. I'm going to set up the three-way text between me and Ari. We're going to find a fucking place and we're going to do it. And I'll, and I'll reach out to Joe and see if he's interested. Yeah. But if I know Joe, Joe's going to do it on his own terms. Like, he, sure. he won't be like, yeah, let's all go do a marathon.
3: He'll just show up the night before. And be like, hey, guys, I decided to do it. Yeah. He'll lay down like a sub three-hour
1: marathon or something. Uh, he, oh, yeah, I <laughs> fucking guarantee. And he'll, be doing, he'll do it barefoot. <laughs> yeah. he's got to, he runs with those Vibra toes. he five fingers, yeah. <laughs> he probably, I, I got a pair of those Vibra toes shoes because he had a pair. And I was like, hey, man, I'm trying these vibrant things. He's like, beak. Careful. Yeah, he was like, "Do not run a lot in them." And then the next day, I woke up and my calves were so fucking so sore. Here's the thing: like,
3: I'm gonna send you a pair of shoes that help kind of transition you into that. Okay. So they put you in that position where your toes can be nice and comfortable and splayed out, and you're on a flat bed. So it's like really putting you in the right. Position, but it's also got plenty of cushion. Okay, so and also it's got this thing called a guidance rail So if your foot is moving in the right direction, it stays out of the way But if you start to kind of get a little like sloppy because you're getting tired or your gait is altering It uses your foot's proprioception to kind of steer you in the back in the right direction Okay, so it's a great shoe to kind of train those lower leg muscles like those calves and your feet muscles to get up to Speed so that if you want to work down to something like a vibrant five finger, you'll have that kind of that starts that starting point
1: does that just mean stronger feet technically? Pretty
3: much, yeah. I mean, like foot muscles and lower leg muscles are the same as anyone. When people wear like shoes around all the time, especially shoes that kind of like restrict the range of motion, those muscles get weak and atrophy. So it's just like having a cast on your arm, essentially. Like if you took, if you had a cast on your arm for six weeks and then you took it off, that arm would be very weak. Same thing happens to your feet when you put like a real restrictive shoe in. Really? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, so we want to kind of get your foot to move the way it would without a shoe there, but put a put a shoe there. I I, I had plantar fasciitis for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I that happens from restrictive shoes a lot of times. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh, cuz a lot of times what happens is you kind of it kind of pinches your foot and the nerves that run into your toes get compromised and then you get all kinds of inflammation and stuff, so like plantar fasciitis, neuromas, collapsed arches,
1: a lot of that's from shoes. Really? Mhm, yeah. All right, well, we're f- I'm fucking, I'm in. This is going to be fun. You're going to be a new man in six months. Yeah, well, we'll see how this hard reset goes. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's one at, step at a time. Yeah, right? Let's let's start with the hard reset and then fucking work our way six months out.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck.
1: This has been great, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do yeah, this well, with
3: me. Th- thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. Nicole and I have been loving following your Instagram feed and stuff. So. Oh, thank you so
1: much. Yeah, I've been, uh, it's, uh, I really enjoyed that. When you, when Joe texted me, he was like, hey, man, just so you know, this, uh, uh, this I don't forget what he said but this true elite athlete says he can get you in a four and a half minute marathon I was, or four, a four hour marathon I was like I was like are you fucking serious and I saw it and I was like I was like oh shit I was like this is a gift from the heavens I gotta fucking take him up on this if I could get to because I, I know in my head if I could get to that four and a half my, um, our marathon that I'll, I'll will be in good shape like yeah. I'll be in good shape uh-huh. not the best shape in the world but for a 45 year old man with the Mickey Mantle I'll be in great shape yeah so I'm excited and then we'll get Ari well I'll reach out to Tommy cool see if he wants if to do, do it yeah we'll find a really badass location awesome. and then you can stay if you want but we'll stay and do drugs <laughs> like Ari wants to do Ari's I know Ari right now is like do they have a marathon in the Amazon River Basin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that'll be my recovery is just fucking a week of drugs. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'll give you guys enough time to go get dinner before the show. All right. And and I thank you guys for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us on.